Ladies and gentlemen, today's was a rough day, man. Um, you normally were doing pre-production about an hour before the show. We have a bunch of stories throughout the day that we're looking at, what we're planning on talking about. And then we like to come up to the studio, make sure the lights and the cameras are working, and think about what stories we got. But uh, today there was a tornado, and it was directly due west, heading directly due east. And so we, we got the warning that the tornado was coming, and we we're like, ah, okay, so we, we got to bring everything inside, and we're rushing, and then we're worried about the chickens. Like, what do we do with the chickens? And so we're actually we're, – we almost brought them in as well, but tornado did pass us. However, it was pretty like – I don't want to say it was scary because I've, I've dealt with tornado warnings before. But we actually had you know the, the mail service – you know the, the mail carrier came out here, and they were like, heads up, the tornado, this is legit. Like, people are freaking out. Now we're in a mountainy area, so it probably broke it up a little bit. But the, it, it passed just north of us, so, so we all good. We're, we're, all, we're all alive, and we're doing the show. And, uh, but I tweeted, and I'm, I'm just basically saying this because – in the event, people saw the tweet, wanted to know if we were okay. We survived, and uh, for some reason, we lost internet. We had to, like, fix the internet, but that was probably due to the storm, I guess. But uh, we're here, and we have news. Biden is uh, uh, not doing too well. His ratings were ridiculously low for his, his, his speech. It's not really a State of the Union. And we're seeing TV ratings collapse. Now, some have argued this is good. It means Joe Biden can sneak through all this ridiculous spending right under the nose of the American people. And I hate to say it, but I think most things go under the nose of the American people because they're not paying attention. So what's really happening is good news, sort of. Democrats, traditional liberal types, the voters, aren't paying attention. They've gone to sleep. That means Republicans, who are still fired up and angry, the anti-woke and disaffected liberals, are still on the offensive, and the Democrats have lost their, their support base. So we're, we're, we're going to talk about this. We've got a bunch of other stories, too. It, it's, it's getting scary out there if you're paying attention to the cost of goods, gasoline, lumber, uh, wood. Uh, it's, it's skyrocketing in price. At the same time, cryptocurrencies are going way up. So we'll get into all that as well. And then we got some crazy news too. Apparently Doctor Strange, for those Marvel fans, Doctor Strange wasn't in WandaVision. Maybe you don't know what those, those, those things are. This is a show on Disney+. Plus. Do you know why Doctor Strange wasn't included in the show? It's perhaps because he's a white male. No joke. Apparently that's what the reporting we're seeing is. So uh, yeah, we'll talk about that too. And joining us today is the editor-in-chief of the post-millennial, Libby Emmons. How's it going? It's going really well. Uh, do you want to just give us a quick uh, brief intro? Sure. Uh, I'm Libby Emmons. I'm the editor-in-chief with the Post-Millennial. We're a uh, Canadian center-right publication, cover a lot of American news, a lot of culture stories. Andy No is a, is a writer. Andy No is our editor-at-large. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's great there to work go. with Andy. Right on. Yeah. Cool. So uh, we'll be talking about stuff Yeah, we'll things. be talking about lots of stuff and things. Excellent. Yeah. Ian, he's chilling. Yeah, hey, everybody. Ian Crossland over here. I'm excited to get to the bottom of this Joe Biden saying, no, what, no one that made $400,000 yes is going to have to pay. Pay a penny, oh, yeah. in, penny in, in taxes. <laughs> they got this is the, one of the reasons his ratings are probably down. At least they're hoping is that the man can't speak. Joe, Joe Biden was like, nobody who makes under four hundred thousand dollars will pay a single penny in taxes. I'm like, does that mean that like you don't got to pay taxes up to four hundred k? He must have meant a penny more than they used to pay. <laughs> right? uh, nope, it's legally binding. He said it. <laughs> okay, thanks, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and I was wondering what kind of taxes is he talking about? Is this just income taxes, or can we get in on some sales tax? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. he's basically Probably. saying like, let's only just pay no taxes. <laughs> make make all of the people who make more than four hundred k. He's going to make them pay like seventy percent, mm-hmm. and then everyone else just pays nothing. Right. All right, I and mean, somehow it, he's going to keep those people in the country. I don't know how. Sounds like a plan okay. that the socialists would come up with, I guess. Right. People don't understand economics, but we got the, we got Lydia. She's pressing all the buttons. I am in the corner as well. I am hoping that none of this penny that has to be paid, according to Joe Biden, applies to me as well. But I guess we'll see. 
Free money. Hey, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. We have a lot of work going on with the site right now, and upgrades are coming soon. New payment integration options. But you go to TimCast.com, you click that Members Only button, then you can go to the Members area. We have a huge library of exclusive Members Only content, some full podcast episodes. We had a great discussion with Michael Knowles, you may be a fan of his from The Daily Wire, about God, faith, and religion, spirituality, just weird and, you know... Just really interesting. Weird. I, I, I throw that out there because like Ian comes in with like the, the correlation between the metaphysical, the, the physics and religion at the same time. So that's where it gets like really, and I mean, I mean weird in a good way, like interesting conversation. So go to TimCast.com, check that out. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else on podcasts, leave us a good review, give us five stars and share the show with your friends. It really helps. Let's take a look at the first story of this op-ed from Joe Concha over at the Hill. He says Biden's poor TV ratings against Trump is exactly what this administration wants. I don't agree, but the point Joe is making is, I believe it's a fair point, though I do disagree. He basically says, you know, we know that Trump was just desperate for ratings and he was, well, he didn't say desperate, but like bragging about how good his ratings were. Then we see Joe Biden. His ratings are in the gutter. Nobody wants to watch the guy. Nobody wants to watch CNN or MSNBC because they built a network on hating Trump and Biden just ain't it. But he goes on to mention that with all this massive spending, he says $1.9 trillion for COVID relief, $2.25 trillion in infrastructure. With nobody paying attention to what Biden's doing, he can just keep doing these things and no one will stop him. I don't like the argument because who is going to stop him anyway? Mitch McConnell, he's not going to do anything. And all they really need the Democrats for is the rage vote. And then like clockwork, the traditional liberals go back to sleep. I experienced it in 2008. We're watching it happen now. This is good news for disaffected liberals, moderates, conservatives, Trump supporters, and whoever else on the right, because this means that with liberals going to sleep declaring victory, but only on a very, very slim victory, well, the Republicans in 2022 will likely take the House, and maybe even in 2024, we'll see what happens. But uh, I wonder what y'all think about Joe Biden's inability to make anybody care about what he's doing. I think it's actually really interesting. Uh, I think we saw a bunch of that after the election, right? For there, there were like two weeks where it seemed like we were just all going to celebrate um, Biden's victory, that the country was going to open up. It seemed like that was the deal that was being made, that the nation was being held hostage to a Biden victory. And then, you know, sure enough, they came crashing back down and locking everything up again, um, which actually seemed way worse than the first time. Uh, but I do think that liberals have uh, pretty well gone to sleep because they figure that they've got their guy in, their guy is going to do the right thing. And that's that. They were so invested in hating Trump that anything that's not Trump they think is good. And so they're not actually applying any critical thinking power to these policies that are being enacted. They're not I, looking at, at what horror it's going to implement in the U.S. I wonder if they ever actually cared at all. You know, I know I know people who have no business being in politics, like well, people who, sure. didn't, who didn't vote in 08, <laughs> 12, or 16, who all of a sudden were like filming videos of themselves where they're like, I got to put my ballot. They're like, are you doing your duty with mm-hmm. your ballot? And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're just doing this because the guy on the TV said to do it. Is that is that really it's tribal? So after that trend, what's the next trendy thing to do? It certainly is not Joe Biden. No one cares about him. No one cares about Joe Biden. But I do think it's interesting, too. We had in the fall, we had AOC, we had Bernie Sanders and other progressives complaining that Joe Biden wasn't going to be far left enough, that he wasn't going to install the progressive agenda. 
Uh, and now we're seeing them basically celebrating. You have Hillary Clinton saying he's doing a bang up job. You have AOC saying that he's really being much more collaborative with progressives. And I think that the conservatives that, um, held their nose and voted for Joe Biden, I think they were played. You know, they believed that Joe Biden was, was just going to be ineffectual. Um, you had Bill Crystal talking about how this was going to be the way to install and create a new conservatism, that all of this stuff was going to be, uh, um, easier for conservatives with Trump out of the way. And instead, they were completely steamrolled. You know, it was like a total bait and switch. You're, they voted for a moderate guy who wasn't going to do anything. And instead, they got this progressive guy who's just spending all the money and then some. But like, he's still not progressive enough for the actual socialists. Well, I- AOC seems happy about him. So far, she yeah, said the but, other day before his his uh, his State of the Union there. But you know, does does AOC actually have principles, or is <laughs> she just like a stop? She she's like a of um, pressure relief valve for the Democratic Party. So yeah. In the event the woke left becomes too disaffected, she then goes like, Wee! and they're <laughs> like, oh, we're satisfied again. So. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure if she has any principles. She goes on for long periods of time on Instagram Live, and we can try and sort it out, although uh, so much of it seems like just straight nonsense. There are rumors that because New York is losing a district, they're going to get rid of hers. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? I have heard that. Is, is that but is that true? Or I don't, is that just I don't know. I mean, wishful thinking? whoever's in charge would get to redraw, redraw the districts, and the Democrats are in charge, so they could redraw the districts, and they could— but- draw uh, out a Republican district instead. Right. Yeah. That makes way more sense. Yeah. I mean, AOC has fallen in line. Mm-hmm. She's, she, like I said, she's the per- stop. She's a, a pressure release valve for, for, for the Democratic Party. The progressives get too angry. She comes in and she does her, you know, finger snap and right. then acts like Nancy Pelosi should get votes and then votes for Nancy <laughs> Pelosi while pretending like she doesn't like Nancy right. Pelosi. She gets her whole crew on board. I don't think Joe Biden is a socialist. The socialists, the actual like, you know, Bernie DSA mm-hmm. types think Joe Biden is a fascist, just not as much of a fascist as Trump. And I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm sure Joe Biden is not a good guy. He's corrupt. He's crooked. He's pro-war, all these really awful things. So sure, I guess I'll give him that one. But to say he's not enacting far left policies when he's just like money printer go burr, just cranking out the bills to pay for stuff. He very clearly is. He rescinded the executive orders on critical Mm -hmm. race theory. He sure did. And now they have a new thing going through to more like mandate critical race theory in schools. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that's pretty weird. And you had McConnell coming out against it. I'm sorry, you mean to teach black history? Uh, No. No, no, no. (laughs) Reuters Reuters says it's about teaching black history. We have black history. Black history is essential. The civil rights movement is, of course, a monumental achievement in American history. Um, but that's not what they're talking about. They're talking what, about like... You mean you mean Reuters lied to me? <laughs> Did you see the headline oh, from Reuters? I'm not going to say that. I don't want to get fact-checked. Re- Reuters, Reuters <laughs> said Republicans asked Biden to end his divisive yeah. policy on teaching black history. It is the most yeah. insane propaganda. I agree. Wow. And this stuff has been coming up in schools for a while. I think it's only recently, though, that parents have been seeing it. And that's why people have been able to speak out against it. Oddly enough, it's because of remote schooling that parents were able to see this stuff. I know that that happened in my house, right? So my son kicked out of school March 16th with all of the other 1.1 million school children in New York City. And hardly any of them are back still. I think the uh, we recently reopened sort of uh, middle and high schools, but it's there's like 300,000 kids back in schools, basically, the last the last number that I checked, um, which was maybe a month ago, actually. But um, once my son came home 
and I started seeing what was going on in the classroom. It wasn't really a big deal until after George Floyd was killed. And then I heard his teachers say that they were going to have a day talking about, um, I think it was a day talking about uh, white privilege um, and another day talking about, uh, uh, you know, what happened and everything. So I set up my voice recorder to just record what was going on on his call. And I recorded hours of this conversation um, where the white kids were basically, uh, he was actually the only white kid in the class. So where the, the white kids were basically told that um, they didn't even know that there was racism in their family, that their parents didn't know that they were racist, that their grandparents didn't know that they were racist. And I'm looking at our family, and I'm sure lots of parents did this as well. My son's grandmother was a public defender in Philadelphia. She defended um, MOVE members. I don't know if you guys know who that is. She defended... Um, you want you want to briefly describe? Oh, Move? so Move was a black nationalist organization. They were in West Philadelphia. They were targeted by the FBI and the city. They were eventually bombed in this horrible situation. I think it was eighty five, maybe. Um, they were bombed by a black mayor who teamed up with the FBI. Wow. Uh, and um, so that's is that your mom who defended? No, no, no. That is my son's um, dad's mom. Yeah, and she defended passed. the move members. She defended, yeah, I believe she defended Eddie Africa. Wow. Uh, yeah. But the teacher said that this is, this is a racist person. This is a racist family. Um, my grandmother was a public school teacher in Brownsville, Brooklyn, in the forties. Uh, her parents were immigrants, but I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even matter what your background is, right? I mean, the idea that a teacher should be telling you that your grandparents are probably racist and that they don't know it and that you don't know it and that this is just the passed down legacy through your family on the basis of your skin color is absurd. That a teacher should be telling a kid that anything is a product of skin color or race is completely anathema to the civil rights movement that is that is what should be being taught, right? You, you know what's really funny about critical race theory? When you look up the Wikipedia for it, they have to define what white supremacy means because it doesn't mean what people think it means. Right. So it actually says CRT is loosely unified by two common themes. First, that white supremacy exists and maintains power through the law. They then add in parentheses after white supremacy, societal racism. Right. Because in the language of the cult members, mm-hmm. when they say white supremacy, they don't mean what 98% of Americans understand it to be, that a white supremacist is somebody who believes white people are superior or mm-hmm. supreme. They've just changed it to be now just objectivity and right. history and being math on time, being on time as white supremacist. Right. Um, yep. Yeah, I think it's sort of interesting, too, because the new definition of white supremacy means that there can be no um, way to educate yourself out of it. There's no way to have forgiveness. Um, there's no reconciliation at all. It's just, it's a permanent condition until, you know, and looking at something like systemic racism, basically the entire society needs to be dismantled before that can be repaired. And we're looking at a, you know, set of theories that the people who support them, the idea would be you have to dismantle society, but they're not offering any anything to rebuild it on, right? It's I, just a completely destructive idea. I agree, and I often refer to it as a chaotic and destructive force because there's no real rules. Like, is women offensive today because you got to say Wimixen, but then Wimixen is offensive <laughs> because it excludes certain women. And I think maybe the reality is there may be competing interests in terms of what comes next. 
the one thing they all agree on is destroy the system. Destroy the system. But I do think many of those who say who claim to be trained Marxists don't want to tell you what their actual solution is. Because people would revolt if they found out <laughs> what these people were planning. And so they say, we got to tear down white supremacy. And everyone goes, that sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. And then, first of all, they don't mean literal white supremacy. They mean right. some ridiculous, nonsensical term. They say, we're anti-racist, which doesn't mean not racist. It doesn't mean not racist. It literally means be racist. And then they say diverse, which also is just another, you know, diversity, inclusivity, and, and equity are just more buzzwords that don't really make mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And then that's the halfway Right. After they burned all to the ground, what they want is probably, you know, moral authoritarianism. They have control. They can have whatever they want. You go live in the gutter. I think that's really interesting, too. And I think conservatives pushed away from having any sort of moral compass um, after the 90s Christian right takeover of Congress with Newt Gingrich and all of those guys. And the conservatives were pretty well slammed at that point for having a moral perspective and having it be a Christian moral perspective and having that be oppressive and the wrong thing to do. And after that, conservatives embraced um, relativism in a very real way. Uh, you know, the liberals were embracing relativism. Anything you do is fine if that's what you want to do, which to a certain extent, you know, there's nothing for it. People are going to do what they want to do, whether you want to judge them for it or not. But the conservatives left a vacuum of moral authority and of moral perspective. And it's been filled with something that has actually no um, no basis, right? So if you look at, for example, a, a relig- let's take a religious moral perspective, you could have the Ten Commandments in there, right? That could be a basis upon which you're making determinations. You could use the Beatitudes in the Gospel according to Matthew as a basis to make determinations, which is basically be really kind, you guys, right? But when we look at the contemporary leftist um, moral framework, framework, there's no foundation. There's no basis. I agree. So it's just this shifting sands of a value system that is whatever you want it to be whenever you want it to be it, so long as you can use it to maintain your own power. It's like a hologram. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like a hologram of a religion. Right. I was reading this book a long time ago. I don't know how true any of this stuff is. It was like a book on quantum physics. And they talked about how the, the, the chemical properties of an element, Ian, this is probably up your, your alley, a chemical property of an element is based on the amount of electrons. Is that like, you know, so hydrogen is one, helium is two. Yeah. And so they said something interesting happened when they were working on circuit boards when an electron got trapped in, you know, this one part of the board where there's – I'm probably totally ruining this, this concept. Maybe, maybe you guys listening understand what this is. I was reading a book. This is like 10 years ago. They said they were sending electrons through, you know, pathways in a circuit board. And they had a, they had an area where basically the electron got stuck in a, in a you know, small space and it began to orbit nothing. But it began to uh, – exude the chemical properties of hydrogen with no nucleus. Oh, interesting. And so I think about that, again, more, more up Ian's alley in this regard, but it's, 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 it's vaguely similar in that that's what, that's what I feel like we have with critical race theory. Mm-hmm. It's missing the nucleus core component of a real moral framework. Mm-hmm. Like, you can disagree with religions and what these people believe, but there's like, as you mentioned, a foundation to where these ideas come from, how they've persisted this long. Bad ideas go away. Good ideas remain, become stronger. And then you look at woke and it's hollow. Well, it's, it's like because there's no, there's no synthesis, right? There's only woke. There's only this, this critical race system or this gender critical, you know, um, not gender critical. That's 
a little Crit- different. There's, there's but critical <laughs> theory. Critical theory. Well, let me right. point something out real quick too. I am I am partly bothered by how many people just keep saying critical race theory over and over mm-hmm. again, ignoring critical gender theory. That's part of it too. But critical theory as a whole. Critical theory. Is, is and the problem is that because of the way that it's constructed in society, you can broach these ideas, but you can't broach any opposition to them because if you broach opposition to them, then there's something wrong with you, and you are you know a racist or transphobic or whatever the other things are that you could be labeled. You're a bigot in some sense of the word. Um, but unless these critical theories are challenged, there's no synthesis to the better idea. They just stand there on their own. And they need to be challenged. We need to challenge every idea that we have. And we need to be challenging our ideas all the time. You, you mentioned uh, how your son was in school and you started to wake mm-hmm. up and stuff. This, um, this brings me to this next story we have from the post-millennial. Ooh. Anti-critical race theory candidates for school board win overwhelming support from Dallas parents. Candidates who ran on an anti-critical race theory platform won two open school board seats in Dallas's South Lake District on Saturday with a landslide almost 70% majority. I mean, that's the bulk of the story. I think, again, it's heavily focused on race theory. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of parents are actually having a bigger reaction to uh, gender theory. The gender theory is definitely coming down the road. And a lot of that originated in British Columbia in Canada. Um, Yeah. And that, you know, you have the gender unicorn and the gender gingerbread man. And it's been pushed very heavily. Ginger person. The ginger. Yeah. Gingerbread person. Gingerbread man, of course. Gingerbread. Mix them or whatever, you know, with the. But I think. But yeah, there's a couple things that have happened here. And I'll, I'll, you know, try to be as respectful and delicate as possible for YouTube and their censors. But uh, there have been lawsuits. Mm-hmm. The the parents of young biological females concerned about their opportunities in, in, in athletics mm-hmm. it's resulted in lawsuits. Yes. We recently had uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who is a trans woman, come out and say that it was unfair. But I think things like that. So not to derail too much, but it's not just race theory. That's parents correct. are learning about all of these different things and saying, hey, you know, wait a minute. It's not fair to discriminate against someone based on their immutable characteristics. That's correct. And it's also not not right to tell someone that their immutable characteristics need to be changed in order for them to be who they really are. Since I wrote the story this summer um, about my son's uh, education, um, a lot of parents reached out to me from across the country to tell me about their experiences. And I had a mom in California telling me about the uh gender education that her child was receiving and she had actually gone to a school board meeting and had seen the slides of the way that the curriculum was going to be implemented from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade and it starts off with a book about a boy who wants to wear a dress and it moves right through you know gender transition altogether and she moved her kid to texas in order to get away from this. And I've recently been talking to a lot of parents about how things are going with regard to reopening schools. We had this promise from Joe Biden that schools were going to be reopened at the end of 100 days. And it's just not actually true. The schools are not open. <gasps> are you shocked? shocked? It's shocking. This can't be right. It just can't be real. Ian, really? do you believe that Joe Biden would lie to us? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Um, and it, it turns out, so my question started to be, what does open mean? What does that mean to you? You know, what are your feelings about it? My, my personal <laughs> truth in the word open means closed. <laughs> right. Uh. It turns out that you would be correct. Uh, uh, a lot of the schools are still closed. Schools that were closed in the fall are still closed. Schools that were open in the fall are still open. So the idea that anything that Biden has done 
has actually resulted in reopening schools is complete farce. I think we got to move to Florida. Everybody just just we keep talking about that at Postmillennial. Moving the moving yeah. Postmillennial to Florida. We keep being like, hey, well, let's just all move to Florida. I don't want to derail just yet, but we will be talking about this new this new bill that's on the verge of getting passed, which mm-hmm. is going to change the game in terms of social media and what it means for you guys. Right. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep it on you know the critical race theory and the school stuff for now. We'll get to that later. But yeah. I think a lot of parents realized this, and I think what we're seeing is interesting with this one story that you guys – a lot of people wrote about the story, but mm-hmm. you know the one we just pulled up. This is a district that uh, narrowly went for Biden by – I think like it was like five-point swing. So it was like 47 for Trump, 52 for Biden. The county went for Trump. Hmm. So you know, it, depending on which, which metric you use, you can make an argument. But I think when you're looking at these suburbs, which they said – White affluent suburbs actually went for Biden more and Trump actually lost white voters and gained Latinos and black Mm -hmm. voters. The fact that you have white affluent suburbanites pushing back against this, I think this is where we see traditional liberals falling asleep and then those who are forced to wake up really waking up and swinging a 70 point you know lead for the anti-critical race theory yeah what do you think could happen in 2022 when these traditional libs are just not paying attention mm-hmm. and the disaffected liberals who are are like what is happening there there keep being more disaffected liberals i used to work in theater and i've heard from people who don't want to be named and don't want to be public but they reach out to me and they're like hey this stuff is crazy and i'm like dude I know I have been telling you for a while that this stuff is crazy um, and they don't want to believe it because they were so married to their ideology and you can't be married to an ideology. There's there's just no sense in that. You constantly have to question it. If you don't know why you believe what you believe, then why do you believe it? It's really interesting talking to uh, someone who's particularly religious like, I was talking to Michael Knowles, man. Like, like, like I mentioned, we got over at TimCast.com this longer bonus segment we did with Michael talking about religion for like an hour and, and, and Ian talking about space and everything. And it's really fascinating. And then after even, even after the show, you know, we're hanging out, just chilling and having this conversation. Michael knows a lot. Mm. Now, maybe it's not fair to compare like your average liberal to someone as well read as Michael Knowles, but every conversation I have with someone who is religious, and like legitimately, they can tell me some things about it, why they believe it. I understand there are a lot of people who are probably just like, I don't know. And, and you know, I wouldn't say that they're, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it exists. But if I take the average, like, I'm trying to avoid calling people out, but we've spoken with people even on this show who could not tell us what was going on with critical race theory, why they would support it or oppose it. Granted, Destiny actually really did. So there's a, you, you're familiar with Destiny, right? He's yeah. He, he actually knew a ton about it mm-hmm. and actually articulated why he was for it. And I was impressed with that because I talked to a lot of people who have you know prominent channels and they're like, well, I mean, it's just like you oppose racism, right? And I'm like, is that what you really think? Like, did you actually read any of this stuff? Right. Like we're looking at – you look at some of Christopher Rufo's research and it's like a, a laboratory sending white people on a retreat mm-hmm. to condemn white people. Like right. that's, that's against this violation of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Yes. So I talked, I talked to so many conservatives about religion and they'll talk about what the saint said or what they learned in, you know, this chapter or this verse. Like they actually did some research or mm-hmm. reading. And then I talked to my, my liberal friends who are following this stuff, my progressive friends, and they don't know anything about the roots. They don't know anything about where it comes from or what it means. And I think that's really, I think it's interesting. I think it says a lot. I think it says a lot about our educational system. I think it says a lot about, um, you know, where all of that stuff landed. So the people who are liberals now, were educated in a college system, in a high school system, you know, that um, 
basically gave all of this stuff as gospel. This is what you were supposed to believe. And what has happened is that critical race and gender theory, and I would even say, you know, the concept of climate alarmism, these are all concepts that are opinions, right? And they are dictated to children. And children form have the opinions by rote. They have the opinions before they have the information. So they take their opinion, and then once they're taught the actual information, they already have been told how to think about it. So that's not, you know, that's not going to be effective in terms of creating people who can think for themselves. You need to provide the information, and then you need to say, these people think this about it. These people think this about it. What do you think about it? Synthesize that information. Synthesize the opinions. Think critically about it yourself. And come up with what you think. And if we're not doing that, we're just creating a generation of stupid, manageable children. You know, I was uh, on the way back the other day. I was thinking about – I can't remember exactly what happened, what made me think about this. But people just don't care about their community anymore. And so you mentioned these are opinions being dictated to children. More than you probably realize – I think most of these things that we learn are actually opinions, but they're expert opinions. Right. There's a difference between like some regular guy on the street being like the sky is, you know, made like the clouds are made of marshmallow and you're like, okay, dude, that's not an opinion. <laughs> that's just like crazy. And so there are things we believe to be fact. There mm-hmm. are things that are fact. When it comes to science, we have the challenge of trusting people. And so when it comes right. to a scientist telling you what a cloud is, it's like, have you ever really gone up there and actually like done the research to prove it? That's water vapor. You haven't. But most people reasonably conclude some things are true. Like if I throw a rock at a window, the window will likely break. There's a fact. When it comes to a lot of the things that we teach children, they're actually just expert opinions based on available data. And that's why science changes so often. Right. So I guess it's 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 fair to say to a certain degree we 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 suspect these things are, are facts. Science mm-hmm. eventually gets to that point. But what's happened is this this understanding of history and science is being exploited by what I refer to as the cult. I think mm-hmm. I, 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 there's not a case of cult. It's because it's like a religion with no nucleus, no moral foundation. Right. So what they see is, hey, wait a minute. When you tell these kids something based off the available data, it's an expert analysis that you believe to be true. Now, obviously, some things are tested and there are control groups. There are some things we don't have control groups for, which make it very difficult, notably climate change. Right. There's no control plan. It's very difficult. However, I, I do fall into the category <laughs> of someone who believes climate change is an issue. I think humans mass consume will, will lead to serious problems. To me, that just feels like, based on everything I've seen, it kind of mathematically adds up to this point. However, that's just me trusting. It's also me just giving, me, giving an analy- like my personal analysis right. as someone who reads the news. For a lot of these scientists, they're experts who have the availability of lots of data and can draw a conclusion. But this is why science is often wrong. Exploiting that system is very easy. And that's what the critical race theorists, the critical theorists are doing. The difference is there's actually climate data. Now, granted, some people don't agree with it, don't believe it. I happen to think that's incorrect. But when it comes to critical race theory, what you have there is we made up a thing that we think is true. We think one race is, you know, mean to the other race. There's no hard data. There's no numbers. We can argue numbers. We can argue science around, you know, ice shelves or something like that. Well, but with critical race theory, they're taking data from, you know, 50, 70 years ago, and they're using it as though that data is still relevant for society today. And that's a big problem. It's like it it completely eradicates the civil rights movement. 
uh, Maxine Waters saying that the country is getting more racist every day. She's a she's a sitting congresswoman from the state of California, and she has been for a very long time. She's a lot of power. She's a pretty bad job of ending racism, I guess. Yeah, she you know, and you have Biden talking about systemic racism. Well, he's been in federal government since the seventies. Where has he been? What has he been doing about it? Oh, he, he was he, making that systemic. Racism. He was you know working on it, I guess, yeah. real hard. <laughs> the other direction. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just don't think that uh and anyway, all of this stuff is being taught um because the people who are teaching it have an agenda. And not the people who are teaching it, but it's coming down even be from not from the teachers themselves. Like in New York City, you had uh and he's not there anymore, but you had Richard Carranza who was the school's chancellor and he was basically dictating this kind of education. He was saying that it had to be that way. Under the Obama administration, we had common core curriculum come in, which basically what it does is it teaches the same subject uh like the same sort of content in every subject. So in math, you're learning about racism. In English class, you're learning That's about common racism. Core? Well, Common Core, what it does is it links all of the things that you're learning around sort of um, one kind of subject. Hmm. So you're learning about one thing in all of your disciplines. Um And that, you know, that's something that happened under that because it was supposedly easier to study study things that way. But when you don't allow teachers to design their own curriculum, I think that's a problem. We have really intelligent teachers. They should have a little more say over how the, they educate the kids in their charge. I think, you know, to, to, just to touch on the point I was making, when you talk about racism and privilege, it's impossible to quantify. Mm-hmm. They can say something like white people are stopped this many times and black people are stopped by police this many times. And that doesn't prove or mean anything. Right. You'll, you'll hear from the left. They say that's proof of racism. And then you'll hear from you know the right. That's proof they're committing more crimes. Right. So it, it is interesting because simply by, by nature of getting arrested does not mean that you know black people are committing more crimes. However, it also doesn't mean that cops are being more racist. It's, what's the determination? So the left chooses what they want to believe, right. cites the data, and claims the data is true based on their personal argument about it. And I think that happens a lot with data. I think data Absolutely. can be used to be prove, to prove whatever it is that you want it to tell you. Um, John McCorder talks about this. He talks about how the uh, you know mm. difference in percentage is very similar to the difference in percentage of poverty. The difference in percentage of crimes committed is different, is very similar to, it's like the same percentage. I think he said it was 2.5%. Um, and he's a, you know, he's a fascinating thinker as well. But I think that that's a big part of the problem is people just use the data to construct a narrative that they then support with everything else that they're doing, decide that those are facts, and then perpetrate them. I see that a lot in the climate science arguments when it's like saying there are six sandwiches and you eat one sandwich a day. In six days, we're not going to have any sandwiches. Everybody, in six days, we're out. But they take no account of outside influences Mm -hmm. that someone might bring a delivery of sandwiches that we can figure out how to reuse the sandwich. (laughs) Well, you had John Kerry recently saying that we had nine years left until the end of the world. He said something like that. Um, And he was parroting what AOC had said a few years back when she said there were 12 years left. And a reporter asked Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, if there were nine years left. And she said something like, I don't have anything else to preview for you on that. And it's like, do you really think there's nine years left until it's the end of the world? And that is what alarmism is, right? Like, we used to use whale oil for everything. Um, We used whale oil in, in lamps and to make, you know, what was it? Tallow Whale candles. Oil. <laughs> yeah, like well, that's Moby Dick, right? right. Moby Dick was yeah. a was a was a book about energy consumption and like <laughs> harvesting energy. 
so we hunted whales to near extinction. That was a big problem until we found a new energy source. And then we could, you know, congratulate ourselves for saving the whales. We would not have saved the whales if we didn't find some better energy source. People don't understand this, too. I was reading about slavery. Slavery didn't end because of some moral imperative from good people. Right. It ended because of invention. The cotton gin. Yeah, yeah. When, the and there, like, there pe- pe- were good people trying to end slavery. Right. I mean, the abolitionist movement was a... I think an important moral perspective. Absolutely, a lot of really but, amazing people, and one of the bloodiest wars ever fought to end slavery. But the catalyst was for a lot of people; they're unwilling to give up their comfort. So they were. It, it wasn't until people got access to cheaper goods and no longer needed it that they were all of a sudden having this moral epiphany about why it was so wrong to do. Right. The Romans never ended slavery. Yeah. Well, so we saved the whales, just like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. It was only once we didn't need them, we were all of a sudden like, oh, hey, you know, you, you got to save the whales now. So then the question becomes, are these sustainable energy resources that we're plunking so much money into and demanding that we remake our society in service to, are they really energy efficient enough to do what needs to be done to, you know, further humanity's interests? Are they? Wind and, and solar? Not alone. Not alone. Not alone. And we're shutting down nuclear energy plants. Right. That's that's not smart. And I don't think that is super smart. I think that's sort of dumb. And we're shutting down nuclear energy plants because why? Because the baby boomers, it made them feel icky. Do you know about the uh, the, the manure, the, the projected manure crisis of New York? No. So I guess at the turn <laughs> of the century, 1800s to 1900s, there were, I guess, scientists and individuals warning that due to population growth, that the cities would have, you know, six foot piles of horse crap everywhere in every corner because people needed horses. Horses take dumps. And when you're going through the city and the city's growing, there's going to be too many horses. So they were generally concerned about it. And then the car was invented. <laughs> and then all and of then a, it was okay. And then all of a sudden, right. So, so I suppose the issue is, you know, I, I think it's fair to say we, we have to keep close, a close eye on what we do as humans because to think that we're invincible or immortal, I believe, would be stupid. But also, we should be heavily focused on advancing technology. I agree. Not shutting it down. And so, unfortunately for us, it's a key component of the left to oppose nuclear energy. Mm-hmm. Like even Tulsi Gabbard, I'm a big fan. She opposed nuclear energy. And I was like, I think you, I think you could convince her if you actually show her the data. Modern nuclear, technolo- nuclear, modern nuclear technology is fantastic. It's carbon neutral. It's a massive energy return on energy invested. And it's something we should be doing. Right. And I but think we, we don't. And we completely discount the waste that is inherent in sustainable energy. Those wind turbines, they die. They can't be reused. You know, they're going to litter the landscape. The kinds of materials that are used to create solar panels, you know, what's in those things? Well, How are they constructed? I don't think that – I don't think we're actually considering um, – you know, the side effects of any of those things. We're just assuming that because it's sun and wind and those are friendly and filled with flowers, it's all okay. Have you seen the original Iron Man? No. I got to squeeze in my pop culture. Mm-hmm. Go for it. So in the original Iron Man, they have, a, you know, Stark comes back from the desert. You know, he built this thing called an arc reactor. He's with Obadiah Stane, who's, you know, spoiler alert, it's been, you know, what, 13 years. He's the villain. And they're looking at the arc reactor. It's like just gigantic, you know, glass cylinder thing. And Tony says to him, he's like, look, we, we, you know, we should look into arc technology. And Obadiah says, we built that for the hippies. The thing was never cost effective. And that's, that's how I feel with a lot of the investment into photovoltaic solar mm-hmm. and a lot of wind. Wind can be great. 
but you can't use it alone. You, what happens when the wind is, is weak? What happens when, when you don't have battery power? So it's a good, it's a good supplemental, but there has to be a strong and robust backup system. One of the problems with photovoltaic, this is solar panels. Right. Because there's also other kinds of solar energy that can be generated. So like mirrors reflecting right. into big vats of like salt water or something. Well, there's the passive solar versus the right. PVs. Yeah. So one of the, one of the people, one of the things people don't realize about photovoltaic solar is that it's a luxury item for wealthy people. Well, it sure is. I learned this when I actually talked to a solar company and I was like, this is going to be great. It's going to save me money. Right. And they're like, no, <laughs> they're like maybe in 20 or 30 years. They're like, but the reality is people get these because it's a backup system. And I was like, what? And I was like, I thought we were getting this because it's going to reduce our energy consumption. And they were like, I mean, a, a little bit, but the amount of carbon and energy put that is used to build these things, you're not going to get that back for a couple decades. So hopefully, you know, we're getting better and better energy output from our photo, photo, photovoltaic. You can self. just say PVs. PVs. <laughs> there we go. PV technology. Um, it's getting better and better. And maybe we'll get to that point where it does become immediately more cost effective. But people need to understand the machines to transport wind turbines burn in carbon. And you need lots of big trucks to move these massive also, things. Also, we don't have enough superconductors to, yeah. to get this energy where it needs to go. We don't have enough you know, Graphene. energy yeah. storage. So even when you have PVs on your roof and everything like that, you're still sending the energy back to the grid. It's not off grid. It's just you're generating. You're like your own little power plant generating they, energy and sending it back. We, we ended up not doing solar. I was kind of bummed. And mm -hmm. the main reason was they were like, yeah, you'll have a, it's like a generator. Right. And I was like, so if I just do like a diesel generator, it's better, faster, cheaper, and I'll waste less energy because you fill up your diesel tank one time and you never use it. That's right. And then it just sits there for you. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, yeah, but you know, maybe after 20 years. And I was like, but won't there be wear and tear after 20 years? Won't I have to deal with like getting the roof fixed, taking these things down? They're like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Well, you They're don't like, want to put PVs on a roof that's going to need repair. Exactly. And so, you know, uh, I, they, they do this new thing with Tesla. They're called it's solar shingles. Mm -hmm. And it's when I actually talk to them about it, the, 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 the function of a roof, the repairs needed, it just didn't make sense. I mean, there's a lot of cool technology. The question is, should we base our entire society on it? Should we spend all of this money to re-educate everyone so that this is the only thing they know how to do? I, I don't think that's a great idea. Not necessarily, no. <laughs> the problem is, like, you, you look at these Marxists, and they talk about Marx and his writings about the future and where humanity ends up. And, um, and, and they, they love to cite Star Trek. And that's very offensive to me as a huge Star Trek fan. Why is it offensive? They, they claim that the Federation in Star Trek is communist. Oh, I don't think it is. It's not communist. It's not communist. People oh, have yeah. beachfront property. There's federation credits. <laughs> there's mili there's hierarchy, but you can choose to serve or not. They have, it's classically liberal. It's a, it's a very lib li uh, classically liberal society. And you can still have your own vineyard. It's exactly. And they've created and they, and they have uh, uh, they, they they've ended scarcity through replication. Mm -hmm. That's what changed their system. But I digress. That's just a story. But these communists like to claim that's the future that Marx envisioned, the communist future. And I'm like, sure, maybe. But Marx didn't understand, like, y y what you guys are proposing won't exist until we invent replicators, things that can literally right. pull ambient energy from right. the air and convert <laughs> energy into matter. Maybe once we have that, yeah, I'm willing to... Yeah, we don't have that. Right. And so all of these people who are talking about the future, green energy, mm -hmm. I'm like, maybe we're just not there. Maybe we should be putting all this money into fusion technology. 
Well, or maybe we should be, you know, allowing a little bit more of the market to decide how things go instead of using moral cudgels to destroy some kinds of energy generation and to bolster other kinds. It doesn't seem like... um I just don't think the federal government should be involved in determining how we're all going to be living and working. If you look at it that way, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, I'll give you the, um, I guess, uh, predictable centrist position. I don't think the free market can can solve the issue for the most part, like a like a totally laissez faire, mm-hmm. just open, go, you know, go for it. Because I think we'd end up like yeast in a bottle, just farting ourselves to death. You know, w- what works in the short term is, and, and eventually we hit a wall, and then. There may be a point where we go off a cliff. However, a command economy absolutely doesn't work. Some random bureaucrat deciding, we're going to build this thing, makes literally no sense. Well, and it's Joe Biden and his his cronies <laughs> right, deciding right. that we're going to do it this way. And you don't see data as to why it should be done that way. All you hear is that this is compassionate somehow. It's compassionate to the earth. Or it's compassionate. Emotional manipulation it's, for yeah. traditional libs. And I don't think that the, um, using compassionate as a, compassion as a, as they're just beating us to death with our own compassion. Um, and that's true with the, the race stuff and the gender stuff as well. Don't you feel bad for everybody? Well, sure. I feel bad for everybody. Okay. Well, then you have to do all of these things to ameliorate yourself feeling bad for everybody. And that's when you, st- that's when you see the liberals start to fall asleep. They figure I've done the right thing. Now I get to live how I please. You know, everyone else is going to live how they how they please. And they're not realizing that remaking society in this way is just going to destroy it. But it works on conservatives, too. Once enough people fall for the emotional argument, mm-hmm. the hardline conservatives fall in line because they have no choice. Well, they don't know what else to do. And right. they're not really being supported. I mean, we're looking also at a, I think, a... um sort of schism in conservatism now, right? So you had the bow tie wearing, we were talking about this before, the bow tie wearing uh, socially liberal, fiscally conservative types um, who just wanted to sit back and get their tax breaks and not really worry too much about anything else and let the rest kind of just roll along. And they did that. And this is the society that we have. And now you have a new group of conservatives. Um, and I think you're seeing it in a lot of independent conservative media as well. And they're they're much more socially conservative. Um, they're more fiscally liberal, but not with regard to the same causes that the liberals are pushing. And I think there's going to be a split. Like if we do see 2022, if we do see um, conservatives taking the House back, uh, I think we're going to see the new conservatives doing it. We're not going to see these old style Lindsey Graham, you know, Mitch McConnell type of guys doing it. Milk toast Mitch, that's what I'm calling we're it. We're not, yeah. I mean, we're not going to see those, that, that style of conservatism is not coming back. And I don't think it should. I think it was sort of arrogant and boring and, uh, didn't really take into consideration what it turns out half the population is interested in. I just realized Mitch McConnell actually reminds me of the original Milk Toast character, Casper Milk Toast. <laughs> really? Yeah, so that's, you, you're familiar with where Milk Toast comes from? I, I was not. I'm it's, just always impressed that I can spell it. It's an old comic about a guy who is like deferential and weak and mm-hmm. milk toast because the artist considered that to be just like the most boring breakfast you could have, milk toast. Right. And so it's Sounds just like boring. he's just an old man with glasses. He has a mustache. You know, McConnell doesn't. But I look at McConnell. You know, we, we like to joke. I'm the milk toast fence sitter, Tim Pool, centrist, whatever. But the reality is, I get heated on this. You know, on the show talking about say two A or taxes mm-hmm. or billionaires manipulating elections. But Mitch McConnell, what is he doing? 
What does he ever really do? Yeah, I mean, he's trying to push back on this critical race theory thing, but I don't only, think he's... Only after they only lose everything? now. Yeah, I don't think he's going to win. He was also um, pushing back against Trump, I think, rather substantially, and Lindsey Graham only came around after it turned out his constituents wanted him to support Trump. And Lindsey will walk up and high-five Kamala Harris. Well, he'll do whatever he has to do to stay in office. I think that's pretty clear. But we have some good news for conservatives, though. This, this might change the game here. We got this story from The Hill. Florida passes bill prohibiting social media companies from banning politicians. It's way more than that. I don't, I don't think people realize that SB 7072. Now, there, there's some really interesting, weird stuff they put in it. They mm-hmm. like amended it to include if you have a theme park, you're ex- excluded from this or something. Well, Disney's kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> so what is Face Park? Uh, Face Park. Facebook <laughs> will open no. Face Park <laughs> and Twitter will open Twitter World <laughs> right. to try and get past this because it's not just about politicians. This also protects news organizations. Mm-hmm. So this is fascinating. I've got, I've got SB 7072 pulled up and it's kind of annoying to go through the whole thing. But it's, it's also has something to do with like antitrust. Let me see if I can just pull up a journalistic enterprise. There we go. Check this out. Journalistic enterprise, according to this new bill, means an entity doing business in Florida that publishes in excess of 100,000 words available online with at least 50,000 paid subscribers or 100,000 monthly active users, publishes 100 hours of audio or video available online with at least 100 million viewers annually. That's us. Mm-hmm. And the other one is you, the post-millennial. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you have more than 100,000 monthly active users. You probably get that on a single article, I'd imagine. Yeah. That means if you were operating in Florida, Wikipedia could not remove you from sources. You could not be banned from Twitter. So let me, let me, let me make sure I pull this up because there have been some changes. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is that a journalistic enterprise uh, can't be banned based on their uh, opinions, the content of their articles. So, so that would be like the New York Post was was uh, suppressed and banned on Facebook. It was banned on Twitter. Their account was taken down for a little while. That was in yes. the fall with the Hunter Biden stuff. I think that was so interesting. I think that opened a lot of people's eyes to what was going on with social media and with suppression and with you know fact checking. And with the control that social media companies really have in the marketplace of ideas right now, they can decide if an idea lives or dies or is exposed to the public or not. I think DeSantis is a pretty fascinating guy. I appreciate that he just goes for it on so many policies. I liked what he did with this whole COVID thing. He was just like, nope. What concerns me <laughs> about this uh bill is that people will just stop operating in Florida. Like if I ran Facebook, I'd be like, all right, not operating in Florida. I, yeah, I found it's it interesting. I found it. They say a, a social media platform may not take any action to censor, deplatform or shadow ban a journalistic enterprise based on the content of its publication or broadcast post prioritization, which is the algorithm of certain journalistic enterprise content based on payments to the social media platform by such journalistic enterprise is not a violation of this paragraph. This paragraph does not apply if the content or material is obscene as defined in S847001. So there's some exclusions, but this will be the end of Wikipedia as we know it. Do you think? Yeah, It'll so just go down. So this Wikipedia, I don't think should be protected by Section 230. And we've no, about I don't before. think so either. So because uh, I don't think that I don't think they are a platform. I think they're clearly a publisher. Well, so for, uh, specifically, let's 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 jump over to the critical race theory article we already had pulled up. Oh, let's take a look. It says critical race theory from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. 
It doesn't say from user Joe, you know, Joe Bob Jr. Mm-hmm. or uh, Jim Bob, Joe Bob Jr. Mm-hmm. That's Joe Biden. He's Joe Bob. You, you know, Joe, uh, Joe Biden's actually Joe Bob Jr. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. <laughs> oh anyway, I digress. It says from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So my argument is just because I submit a comment, if, if, I, if I comment to the New York Times and they publish it in an article and it says the New York Times, you know, article and then it puts my words there, like that's from them. Right. Not from me. So this is interesting. Wikipedia re- won't allow you to use certain sources. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, I'd, I'd be willing to, to make a substantial bet. The post millennial is not allowed on Wikipedia. I think we have an entry. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean like your articles <laughs> right. can't be used oh, they as, can't citation, source as, as citations. Yeah. No. Because they'll say it's not reliable. Really? Is that right? Can so, we not be used as a source? I don't know about you specifically. I'd bet. So there's a lot no, of outlets test it out. that are not allowed. Media Matters mm-hmm. is considered credible but biased. NewsGuard considers Media Matters A-OK, credible. But Wikipedia has a lot of sources that are deemed not credible and mm-hmm. they can't be used. Or if they're not certified credible, you can't use them either. They'll, they'll, they'll challenge these news outlets. Okay. Can't do that no more under, under this new bill in Florida. If your organization operates in Florida, Wikipedia can't remove your content on the ba- uh, can't remove your stories on the basis of, uh, basis of the content. So perhaps they could argue, no, 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 we've banned the outlet outright. Right. What's the reason for banning the outlet? We don't consider them reliable. Why don't, Why you, don't consider, you consider it? Yeah. Because of the content. They pop up, up. Right. The, the bill says you can't do that, which would mean you would look at critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Anything could be added from the post-millennial. Anything could be added from Gateway Pundit or from the Daily Wire or the but Federalist. But the thing that you end up with, though, is you end up with editors on Wikipedia. You end up with the, uh, you know, it. You, you can end up in weird Wikipedia wars where you go in and change something. And then the editor who had it there in the first place goes in and changes it. And these and, can this can go on for a long time. And this is where the interesting lawsuits erupt with this SB 7072. Mm-hmm. They say that users have to be given a bunch of special provisions, like right. they have to be informed as to why they're being removed. They have to be given access to all their data made available immediately. If they don't, they can be sued. I think as soon as DeSantis signs this, you're going to have, you know, Jim Bob with one follower sign up or zero followers, mm-hmm. post something outrageous, get banned and immediately file a lawsuit. And then they will get slammed by probably hundreds of lawsuits overnight. You they won't so. be able to deal with. Well, what would happen then in the courts? I mean, what, how would they deal with that? Well, so we isn't had it a fine system, aren't they? Isn't it like yes, a hundred thousand dollar fine or ten thousand dollar fine, depending on if, if it's a politician. Suppress. Either that, or they'll just open everything up and not ban anything, and that would kind of be, I think, a better situation. I think that's probably the goal of it: is well, to have just have a much more free and open ideas so library the, the, online. There's a funny meme. Where it's uh, the NPC meme. Mm-hmm. Ever seen it? Where it's like the NPC face, and then a guy responds, and then angry NPC face. And it, he says, "My opinions are being censored on the internet." He's wearing a MAGA hat, right? And then the uh, the normal guy says, "And what opinions are those?" And then the NPC gets a, an angry face. What they're trying to imply, because there's there's other memes that are similar, that conservatives are only complaining because they're racists. Right. Well, that's always the argument. But it's not true. No, but it also doesn't matter if it's not true. Because once you get called some of these things, there's no way to walk it back. You know, there was a, what was it, like a couple of years ago or whatever, there was this weatherman who said the wrong thing. And he didn't mean to say the wrong thing. It was just the way that his mouth formed the words. There right? were there, it was like a it was like a, a Freudian port, was, portmanteau of two words. Right, but he didn't even mean it. It was just 
it was like a weird linguistic thing. And John McCorder, who is a linguist at Columbia University, um, came out and said, actually, this is a pretty common thing that happens. This is a weird way that your mouth moves, that way that language sort of works in your mouth. It was like a yeah. very – and dude lost his job. But so, so, so the issue is – Because it didn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters are the appearances. Well, we live so in a very shallow culture right now. Right, right, right. But but in, in this capacity, what what I'm what I'm bringing up is conservatives getting banned for their political opinions. Mm-hmm. It's not just because they're racist. Like right. you, get, you get banned for saying "learn to code," for criticizing journalists. They will remove mm-hmm. you from these platforms. Many people who did not break the rules but were bombastic got banned from social media, and they claimed some arbitrary or or you know vague understanding right. of the rules. Notably, in the case or, or outright lies, according to James O'Keefe, right? Because they banned him. Supposedly, so Twitter says for operating multiple accounts, and James is now suing them for this. Right, I thought that was really interesting too, and I think he's got a lot of nerve for doing that. I respect it absolutely. And, and that you saw they launched PV Legal. So no, no, I didn't see that. So actually, we had James on the show, uh-huh. and I mentioned maybe we do something like the People's Defamation Defense Fund or something. Oh, great! And then James was like, "I'm gonna go do it," and nice. so he did it. <laughs> so sweet, good for him. But the the, the main point is, conservatives lose. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose because they're excised from political discourse. Trump's some of his biggest supporters were not allowed to rally people and communicate and post online. They got banned from right. across the board. Right. And the most extreme leftists were allowed to stay on and say crazy, and crazy things. And they do things. say crazy things. Violence, call for violence, organizing things. violence. Well, and there's all of these Antifa accounts as well that just call for, you know, when there's going to be protests and things and tell everyone where to go. Um, and then show up. And, th- you know, this is something Andy No works on a lot uh, with um, another one of our reporters, Mia Cathell. And they're tracking this all the time. They're tracking these, uh, you know, events that are just organized out in public. And then you had the situation with, um, you know, the Capitol riot, the January 6th, <clears throat> which is, of course, the worst thing that has ever happened in this country since the Civil War, you guys. So just be aware of that. that. Yeah, you heard that, right? So the president said it. So it's got to be true. Right. Um, but after that, you had like this massive purge of people. You had them taking down an entire social media platform saying, you know, they took down Parler from Amazon, took it off its servers. It got banned from the app stores. Uh, I think it's back now. But the idea was that all of this horrible stuff had been planned online on Parler. And it turned out to be primarily planned on Facebook. And nothing happened to Facebook. Did they maybe crack down a little more? I don't know. Twitter sure did, but, you know, there's just no accountability on the left at all. It's just assumed that if they miss something, then that's just in good faith and they're trying really hard. And they so clearly come down on the on the conservative well, side. conservatives need to stop cooperating in their system. The way, the way I see it is imagine you're playing Monopoly with someone and they're the banker mm-hmm. and they just like reach in and pull out a 500 and put it in their pile. And you're like, yo, I just saw you took that money. And they go, and? Right. And then you're like, okay, whatever, I guess. Right. Look, dude, like imagine you're sitting around with like five people. This is how I play Monopoly with my son. He's yes. like, mom, I'm taking money out of the bank. <laughs> so imagine you got five people and right. you're sitting there watching the banker take the money. And you're going, dudes, mm-hmm. he's taking the money out. You, he's, cheating. he's cheating. And then he looks cheating. you in the eye as he hands a hundred to the friend and the friend, his friend goes, I, don't, I didn't see anything. Right. It's just like, why are you going to keep playing this where you've got the banker but and the, the media together and the politicians? Right. But here's the question. What other game is there? The conservatives allowed culture to just be thoroughly created by the left. Uh, All of wait, the wait. platforms, everything are created by the left. And then as soon as they create one, it gets banned. It's because when the game started, when we started playing Monopoly, mm-hmm. this leftist goes, 
uh, or this Democrat could say, Democrat, sure. I'll, I'll be the banker. And everyone went, sure. And the Republican goes like, I don't know about that. Whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then they play a game and they cheat. And the conservative goes like, mm, well, I'll win next time. And they cheat again. Right. Meanwhile, the conservative could have been like, hey, at least two other people playing this game are conservatives. You guys want to go play Catan, Catan or something? Right. And, and just walk away and go. So <laughs> now you see the Daily Wire making movies. Sure. Now Which I think s- is great. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's Stop terrific. playing their game. Stop trying to pander to these people. They're not going to let you in the club. But They're then cheating. what happens? But then what happens, too, is we have a complete polarization of media. So now we basically have, like, when I talk to, you know, liberals, they don't even read the same news that I read. They don't even see the same things. When I go on to, um, you know, I think I was saying before there was a, I saw a panel conversation on one like CNN or MSNBC or whatever it was. And it was Yumi Chelsendor, uh, who's PBS White House correspondent and a couple of other people. And they were talking about how the GOP is the party of fear that they're trying to make everyone terrified and they're playing culture wars games. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, your guys just told me that it was a patriotic duty to wear a mask. And that I need to be terrified to send my kid back to school until literally everyone in the country is vaccinated. And you're telling me that us saying that, you know, critical race theory is not a great idea is is us being this party of fear. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, here, we don't see the same news. We don't consume right. the same media at but all. The, the, tri- the, the, the traditional liberals don't watch the news at all. They're getting their news secondhand. Oh, absolutely. You don't think they're, they're reading the Times every day in the nope, Washington Post? Absolutely not. And that's why they're clueless about what's going on. That's why they just follow the trends, and that's why trends. That's why, that's why they go back to sleep the moment Biden wins. I think that they are reading the Times every day. I think they are reading WAPO, and they're watching CNN, and they're consuming all of their media this way. They're watching Rachel Maddow. They're doing all of that stuff, and that's where they're getting their. You know, that's where they're getting their confirmation that they're correct. I think. I think it's people like following Alyssa Milano. Do people really follow Alyssa Milano? She's got millions of followers. Did you Nobody see how really... she got destroyed the other day by that uh, lady on TikTok? Yes. That was pretty yep. sweet. Because <laughs> Alyssa Milano is, an, is is a hardcore, unrepentant racist, <laughs> right. and I mean that literally. Right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. She also punches. totally betrayed the whole Me Too thing when oh, she absolutely. was like, "Well, Tara Reid's probably basically a big liar." You know, it's like, uh, okay, you, 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 like Alyssa Milano. Well done. I love how Rose McGowan is always calling her out. Right. Rose is great. Spectacular. Um. You know, and she's not a big fan of Republicans. She criticizes them as well. But Alyssa said a whole bunch of really, really racist things. And that woman, yes. the black woman, calls her out yes. for saying, like, she, like Alyssa Milano basically said that all black men are criminals. Mm-hmm. Like, just really hardcore racist stuff. But from with, with like, this, this, this pandering, could you imagine, like, kind of voice? Mm-hmm. Like, condescending and racist at the same time. It's brutal. <laughs> she also was, wasn't she snapped wearing a crochet mask? Because that's oh, really going to keep the... <laughs> Spike proteins out. So, so why, why, you know, it's the crazy thing to me. I know, I know celebrities. They hit me up, mm-hmm. actors and musicians, and they're like, "Oh, I better not say anything." And I'm like, "You, why? Why do you want to hang out with those people?" That's Just the craziest speak. thing to me. I don't understand that either. And, um, you know, there's this idea. So, what are you supposed to do if you're with people that you disagree with? Are you supposed to keep your mouth shut? Are you supposed to just speak up? And I think that if everyone would just speak their mind, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a big conflict to speak your mind. Like somebody says, I think this. And then you say, Oh, I totally disagree with you. I think this. Let's have another beer or whatever. Right. It, why does it have to be such a big deal to disagree it's with people? Because they don't read the news. They follow Alyssa Milano. And when, <laughs> no, but but I, I mean this generally, not right. absolutely. Right. Like obviously some of them, many of them do watch the news. CNN's ratings are in the gutter. And it's because people don't care anymore. Right. But when Alyssa Milano says something 
I looked, I looked to the people I know in Chicago, my old, like my, many of my friends or people I grew up with who are progressive or liberal, who could not tell me anything about politics, except they can tell me about systemic racism. What, you know, that Trump is bad. You ask him why and they can't really give you a reason. Well, Trump is bad because he's orange. You know. Well, they'll say like, do he lies? Right. And I'll, I'll tell you what, <laughs> a, a conversation, I, a, an actual conversation I had with someone is I was like, you know, someone I know back in Chicago, Trump's a liar. There's no question. And I'm like, what did he lie about? And right. they're like, oh, come on, dude, you know he lies. And I was like, yeah, I agree. What, what did he lie about? Like, yeah. Well, the people who hated him couldn't name any policies that he had pushed so, forward except for the one family separation policy, which was a terrible idea and was, I think, in place for maybe a month or two. But this is why they don't like conversation mm-hmm. because they don't have any answers. And they know that the moment you say, oh, that's an interesting point. Tell me more. They go, uh, I can't. Right. I, I just, Alyssa Milano tweeted it. So I just repeated it. I have no idea. And you're like, uh. Right. No one know. even knows if that's true. But there's, a, there, there's this desire to be in that club. And it's really, really weird to me. I, I think those people also couldn't name any of Biden's policies. Although it is interesting that we were talking earlier about Biden's ratings, which are really poor. But the... um they're really poor primarily among Republicans and high among Democrats, except with regard to the border. And Democrats are also rather dismayed about the border situation. Biden has that new um, hardcore libertarian policy. I don't know if you guys saw, but Biden went just absolutely <laughs> re- rel- <laughs> relative to the current position of the establishment. It's, it's libertarian. He said anyone who makes under $400,000 will not pay a single penny in taxes. And I went, whoa, let's just nice. go for it. Right? Only yeah. tax sounds the rich. great. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, a big fan. I, if, if he wants to raise a tax on people making more than 400k, and it means everyone underneath, literally like under 400, no one pays taxes. That's Biden, you go, you no go ahead and do that no. with my blessing. Right. We'll see how that, we'll see how that goes out. I'd know. like to grandfather All, that in too. Oh, <laughs> it's legally binding. The president <laughs> said it. That's like, um, Hammurabi. He, he, right. he made, he undid debt for everyone. He wiped just, debt clean just, for all the li- citizens. Yeah. All the libertarians started like laughing when Biden says this, I can imagine. Taxation is what I'm interested stickers though, of Biden's is, face on it. So what's going to happen when all of the outlets run stories about how Biden said no one's going to pay taxes and all the facts <laughs> and all the fact checkers are like, well, you didn't add enough context. He, cause he didn't mean it. <laughs> like, you can read his mind apparently. Right. I wonder how many well, people that's will the not thing. pay taxes. That whole thing. Was, right? <laughs> Biden said it. It's I'm legally all binding. in. Like, let's stop. But th- that whole thing about like reading the politician's mind because you assume that they agree with you, that started under Obama. Remember Obama came out in the first place saying, that he wasn't in favor of gay marriage. And then all the people I talked to were like, oh, he just has to say that so that he can right, get right, elected. Right. Anything that they disagree with, he just has to say that so that he can get elected. It, it's like that uh, the leftists during the Obama administration normalized the idea that a politician should be speaking out of both sides of their mouth and that that somehow is a good thing. Look at Hillary Clinton. Right. You got to have your public and your private positions. Right. So you mean lie to the American people. <laughs> lie to everybody. <laughs> what, why would your private position be the lie? It's like, oh, now that all the cameras are off, I actually do support helping the poor. Turn the camera on. The poor are awful. Right. At least Michael Bloomberg was honest in that regard when he said tax the poor. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. But I do, as a New Yorker, I do think Michael Bloomberg did an awful lot for the city. Really? And, yeah, I really do. Well, his his policy in New York was tax the poor because they don't know it's good for them. So it's better to take their money away and then give them services well, that actually like help. like the soda tax and all that. I was not in favor of any of that stuff. I was in favor, though, of how much money he pumped into the uh, New York City Department of Parks and Recreation. We had a massive parks building spree under his administration all through the outer boroughs. It was like Giuliani bolstered Manhattan. 
and Bloomberg really raised a lot of the quality of life in the outer boroughs. Don't, don't you have an election coming up? Yeah. Don't. Is, isn't Yang, like, on top? Yang is, I think, uh, he's doing a great job of, like, being a goofy New Yorker. You know, he and his wife will go out to dinner, and they'll sit in that. So we, uh, restaurants are, like, sort of mostly open, but they all have these, like, uh, little pods you can set in <laughs> out on the sidewalk. To eat and bugs in? To eat bugs and some pies. <laughs> no. But, like, uh, there were some photographs of Andrew Yang and his wife out for her birthday sitting in one of these pods. I spent a good portion of the winter going out to dinner with friends with these heat lamps, and the restaurant would give you blankets and would be like, and more whiskey. That's what's I, necessary. I, it in the snow, drinking outside. New York sounds like hell right now. People say that. I love New York. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, New York's like... It's kind of rough. The, you know, what happened is... Uh, so, violent crime, I think, has increased 45% 2020. That's not great. The subways are really a lot worse than they were. That's not great. Our leadership is garbage. Our schools are, like, sort of barely open. Um, but soon we're going to be able to sit at bars. I wow. think that happened yesterday, so that's exciting. That's crazy to me because out here, <laughs> you can just do it. Yeah, like, you can't just do stuff in, in New York. <laughs> in West Virginia, mm-hmm. if you go to a like corporate store, you got to wear a mask because well, yeah. the, the big corporates like, mandate it. But if you go to any small business, they tell you to take the mask off. And that, yeah. that I'm like, that's well, cool. well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the policy of the local businesses because in, in, in these areas, they actually got rid of – I don't know about how, how West Virginia is handling the, the, the total mask mandate, but Maryland got rid of their outdoor mask mandates. Mm-hmm. So in so so we're, we're in an area where it's like Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia. West Virginia, life is totally normal. Right. Like no one's been affected by this. Nobody cares. There's like some limited restrictions, you know, but the big corporate stores typically mandate it from a corporate policy perspective. Virginia pretty much does the masks. And Maryland outdoors, not so much. Hmm. In, inside you do, though. In New York City, there's mask mandates and all right. of that, but we have absolutely no enforcement. Earlier in the pandemic, the NYPD was called upon to enforce the uh, no gathering rules. Um, and I was talking to a guy at the NYPD, and he was like, yeah, so the optics were of us arresting black and Latino people for having barbecues on their front stoops. And we gave that up basically instantly. Wow. So there's just no enforcement. I don't know if you saw there was a guy who was uh, showing up on Tucker Carlson all the time who had a bar in Staten Island. Yep. So the reason the guy in Staten Island kept getting all that enforcement is because uh, Cuomo was able to use the state police in Staten Island. The NYPD were not enforcing at all. They weren't enforcing closures. They aren't enforcing masks. They aren't enforcing gatherings. They're not enforcing anything. They're, I mean, it's hard to find a cop uh, these days. Um, I've seen a couple more of them in the subways Shootings recently. Shootings have skyrocketed. Shootings have skyrocketed. Morale is really low. All of that. But they're not enforcing masks. So I would not <laughs> want to be in one of these cities. Do you see that video of the guy at Disney World or Land or whatever and he's crying? No. Yeah. So it's like a guy with a woman and she's filming and he's just bawling his eyes out. And it's just there. There really is. I don't. I don't know what's happening. But the culture war divide. It's not necessarily left versus right. That is a, a big component of it. It's how you might describe the tribes. But boy, are there really different two different groups of people. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. The, speaking of cities, also, um, we don't hear much about this, but in Montreal, I have a lot of coworkers in Montreal. There's a curfew of eight p.m. Grown adults are forced back into their homes at 8 p.m. And they you get ticketed if you're out. Um, 
like big tickets, like $1,500 tickets. And there's been large protests against these lockdowns, but it doesn't seem to be making any difference at all to the uh, to the government there. Well, I think the issue is that I, I tweeted, we are watching the the most dramatic de-radicalization of the mm-hmm. left we have ever seen in, you know, in, in history. Because they're just doing what they're supposed to do. They're just doing what they're told. Annoying notifications. Uh, well, so many of these prominent leftists were anti-FBI, anti-CIA, mm-hmm. anti-government, pro-freedom, pro-free speech, anti-Big Pharma, anti-Monsanto. Now, all of a sudden, all, a whole bunch of these leftists that I know, anarchists, you know, or they were, right. are cheering on massive, you know, multinational it's corporations so and the government. And and also doing what they're told all the time. Like saying, you know, we're all supposed to get the vaccine because we're told to do it. We're all supposed to wear face masks because we're told to do it. We're not supposed to see our friends. Uh, we're not yeah, supposed I'll, to do anything. It, it is sort of fascinating to see anti-authoritarians succumbing to this. It's culture of fear. Like when you're cast overboard and you're drowning, mm-hmm. doesn't matter who, whose no, flag is painted on the lifeboat that comes that's, up. Right. That's, that's not I what mean, I'm talking about. They basically are afraid for their lives. So no, 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 no. They think their best chance. No, I'm talking about people who are gleefully gloating and cheering on the FBI, even though they're like Antifa. I, 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 I have a bunch of people I know who are Antifa on Facebook. That I've, cause I, I, I was down at Occupy Wall Street. I have, a, I have thousands of friends who are leftists on Facebook and thousands who are right. And I see the leftists posting like, yeah, FBI. And I'm like, what are they? aren't you the guy for the Giuliani stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah and I'm yeah. like, aren't you the people who hated the FBI and thought that the warrantless spying and all this crazy stuff the government was doing was bad? And they're like, well, I mean, it's good to see justice finally. And I'm like, so you were never actually about curtailing government authority. It was just, I like power when it's for me. I think we are seeing a lot of that. Did yep. you see that CIA, that, that like super woke CIA oh, yeah, yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super creepy. No, that was, was so creepy. Just a, it's a, it's a, it's a commercial for the CIA and it's a woman like, I'm a cisgendered, you know, intersectional, woman, intersectional woman of color with generalized anxiety disorder. Right. Like and I am working for the CIA. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Was a commercial to like go work for the CIA? Yeah. 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 It was about how, yeah, even if you're not a white person, you can go work yeah. for the CIA. But that wasn't really, that wasn't really the message that came across. Instead, it just looked like the CIA is a massively dysfunctional organization with a lot of navel gazing and ego trips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that is Did what it is. Did you see the CIA headquarters? It looks like the Starship Enterprise, the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. Oh, does it? What? Yeah. They have it built. So like, it's like a captain's chair in the middle. Wow. They talk about ego. Yeah, that does sound pretty I mean, cool. look, hold on, hold on, I mean, hold on a minute. Not, it's but, but, a legend. Ian, if I had a government budget that was like in the trillions of dollars. <laughs> oh, I know you would. I'm giving myself the Picard chair. Dude. It's a pretty cool chair. Yeah. yeah. So what's your favorite I'd have the whole thing. I'd dwarf behind me. The Next Generation. Huh. Next Generation is your favorite? Yeah. Right. I've been, I've been just watching. It, 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 it's on the BBC every day around the right time. Oh, it's so, on Netflix, all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and before that, through. I had Japanese bootlegs of the whole seven seasons. Uh. People don't like Voyager. I like Voyager. I like, uh, you know, Deep Space Nine is I really like good. I like Deep Space Nine. I think Avery they, Brooks is just an amazing captain. I haven't watched any of the new ones, though. No, it, I haven't either. It could be the NSA that has that. Oh, okay. that I did get opinion. sucked into the original series, though, during the uh, I need to, during I'm, the pandemic. That one I haven't watched. You know, of. it's great, and it's super campy. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, season one of The Next Generation was kind of, and they yeah, I like that. grew a beard, right? Right. But going back to the main point. <laughs> We are, we are, we are witnessing this massive, uh, de-radicalization. And so we're talking about the curfew in, in Montreal. Mm-hmm. The reason why these protests don't work is because the organized activist left that actually pressures the government typically and usually wins, like in the United States, 
they're, they don't care about this. They're in right. favor of locking down. Well, we saw that early in the pandemic. I think it was like April 21st or something like that. There was a, a big protest of some anti-lockdown people in Michigan. And they, you know, stormed the Capitol in Michigan. They stormed Lansing and were denounced as horrible grandma killers and white supremacists and racists. The far right. Right? These terrible, terrible people who just wanted to go to the coffee shop and get their hair yeah. done and things. Uh, of course, it's just evil to want to leave your house. So they were just, you know, really thrown under the bus. Media denounced them. Everyone said they were terrible. And it was, you know, a month and a couple of days later when all of a sudden you had massive protests and those were okay. So the lockdown protests... That was a problem. Wanting to get your life back, wanting to reopen your business, that meant you were a super bad person and should probably, you know, be completely threatened and deplatformed. But then if you're protesting racism, you get a full pass. This this is why I think conservatives at this point are really dumb for continuing to support cops. We had that period. You don't think conservatives should support cops? Absolutely not. What do you think they should do instead? They should protest cops and call for their abolition. We we had this You think pe- conservatives should Call for police abolition. police abolition. Yes, 100%. With like Ilhan Omar. Just absolutely. Get out there. 100%. I am so, dying to hear why you think Oh, yeah, that. absolutely. <laughs> uh, before the elections and before the COVID lockdowns, there's a good reason to want to have police. Mm-hmm. I mean, crime's been skyrocketing across, you know, a bunch of different cities since yeah. police have been defunded and demoralized. However, after the elections, and I've said this many times, when the, when the voters rejected the position that cops are good and voted for those who opposed the police, well, at that point, I say first, if you're a cop staying in this political environment where they're going to lock you up, they're going to put you in jail, well, then I'm not going to defend you when that time comes because you decided to stay in the burning building. Perhaps you said, I'm going to stay in to try and save lives. Okay, I can respect that. Still, okay. I warned you and said, get out while you still can. You know, the fire was, was coming. What we're, what we're seeing now with COVID, the police gleefully cite, gave tickets to the Jewish community, harassed right. Jews in synagogues, uh, padlocked ch- uh, uh, uh Gates shut so that, you know, little playgrounds children couldn't right. play in playgrounds. They, they, as you mentioned, they weren't enforcing in New York at that bar owner, but the state police did come and barricade. So cops at this point, cops are cops. Many conservatives actually started smack talking police. Mm-hmm. We saw a ton of conservative commentators saying that the cops turned their back on the, on the good, hardworking small business and started arresting and fining people and ticketing people and harassing them just because they were told to. We see the cops guarding the illegal Black Lives Matter mural in New York mm-hmm. City. Bill de Blasio had no authorization to appropriate right. funds to do yeah, that. Yeah, he did that on purpose. And 27 cops arrested, stood guard and arrested those who challenged the illegal actions of the mayor. How could you as a conservative who likely, not, not every single person, many who don't live in the big cities, defend corrupt Democrat politicians and the police forces that are enabling them to keep doing the illegal things they're doing, like painting big Black Lives Matter murals but, and arresting small business owners and families and shutting down churches. But what police do is what the executive branch tells them to do. That's their job. So the police aren't there to have their own independent opinion. The was, police did, did, it, did Bill de Blasio break the law? Did Bill de Blasio break the law in putting Appropriating the, taxpayer dollars to paint on the To ground? paint that big Black Lives Matter mural in front of the Trump right, Tower right. just he, to he, be a jerk. Right, he did, right? Um, yeah, he did not have a permit So to that do means that. that the police and officers were aiding and abetting a crime, theft of taxpayer dollars. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're a cop. You break the law, you break the law. So you think they should have gone up there and arrested Bill de Blasio. That's perhaps true. But, the cops should, at the but very that doesn't, least but that should have said, we will the, not stand guard in an illegal street mural. 
Right. They probably shouldn't have done that, but they also you want to break primarily the law, have to you. do what they're told. I mean, look, that's, the, that's what they, can, they look, that's what if, they do. So I think if the mayor told a cop to rob a bank and the cop mm-hmm. did it, he should go to prison. Well, sure. Yeah. If, if the mayor steals public funds uh-huh. to paint the street and then tells the cops to guard his illicit work, right. the cops are breaking the law. Yeah, but I also don't think that destroying the institution of law enforcement is going to do anything to, to make anything better, no you matter see, who's fighting for it. You see what just happened in, uh, in Portland? Which so one? I, there's a video. Andy No posted. Portland is a disaster. <laughs> well, so, so, so look, there's, there's uh, a guy. I don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he did something. All I see is this one video, and based on this one video— we see Antifa mm-hmm. marching towards a guy who's backing up with a baseball bat saying, get away. I'm warning you. Right. Get away. I'll come back. I'll F you up. Get away from me. And the cops immediately arrest him and apologize to Antifa. Well, Portland is a mess, too. But So why, why, why are conservatives defending cops who are doing that? Are they defending cops who are doing that or are they defending the institution of police work? So what do, what do, we, what do we have right now in terms of these big cities mm-hmm. with – Cops who have been shutting down churches, who have been defending the corrupt politicians mm-hmm. and arresting anyone like it, it, Portland, I understand, is a mess. Why right. defend? So, OK, how about this? We'll get specific. We'll get specific. Mm-hmm. Abolish the Portland Police Department. Well, the mayor, I think, is in charge of the Portland Police Department. And I think so. He's we the should. Commissioner. Yeah. So probably they should get rid of that mayor and get a mayor who knows what he's doing. I, I think the, the responsibility is to the individual. The individual police officers, sure. And they are leaving the forces in droves. And they're going places where I think Christy Noem put out a thing saying, like, we're hiring police officers. Um, I think there's some hiring going on in Dallas. You know, these officers who are leaving these big blue cities are finding work elsewhere. And I think it makes sense for them to do that. But I don't think that it makes sense to completely say that, you know, law enforcement itself should be abolished. In Florida, Mm -hmm. you can own guns. Sure. In West Virginia, guns. Wyoming, guns. Texas. Interestingly, Texas has some pretty serious laws, but... In New York, you can own illegal guns yeah, without in, any in, real impunity. <laughs> in Chicago, uh, you basically can't. Right. In Maryland and New Jersey, you basically can't. You can mm-hmm. own long guns, handguns. Mm-hmm. They just have insane restrictions. And it's the police that are going to be the ones to take away your constitutional right. So, Well, for, they're going to enforce it. They're going to enforce that law. If, unconstitutional. If a law, yeah, if a law right. passes, it'd be un- unconstitutional for sure. So why would a cop who's sworn out the Constitution say, eh, well, you know, my corrupt boss told me to arrest you, so you're under arrest? Are, are cops sworn to protect the Constitution? Yes. I thought that was the judiciary. That's that the police. The police swear out the Constitution. Really? Yes, they do. That's interesting. And they don't uphold it. So I think about red states. Well, they don't. They uphold th- the law, right? And then, if the law is challenged, they would uphold the law that was remade. There, there's interesting arguments. I understand. Uh, I, I, I think we need police, but mm-hmm. here, here's what I'm saying. Maybe we should say abolish blue state police. You look at the red states that have been doing a really good job with COVID, mm-hmm. not arresting people for running their businesses, allowing things to remain open and 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 tactfully, and guarantee a lot of constitutional carry laws being passed. So now I think it's like Iowa or Utah, or whatever. Uh, Texas is about to pass it as well. Right, yeah, I saw that. Uh, West Virginia already has it. Mm -hmm. I look at these red states and I'm like, the cops there are doing a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. And they've got, and there's better leadership, not perfect. And you look at these blue states and the cops are enforcing the most insane interpretation, defending Antifa. They're they're not being prosecuted. If you accidentally cross the bridge from Philly into New Jersey with a handgun, that's a felony. Yeah, then you're really in trouble. And, and And a cop would actually lock you up for this. But don't you think that's a question of leadership? I mean, the police no. are, the police are there to, they basically do what they're told. That's bad. Yeah, well, that's just doing sort my job. Of what it is? 
That's I'm really, not, really bad. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm saying no, that is their function. That's the same thing as the true with the, you know, with the military. Do we want a situation, right? And so here's the question. Do you want a situation where the enforcement branch of the executive arm of government uh, is going against that executive arm of government? Do we want that branch of government to just be split in half like that? Do we want law, law enforcement saying, uh, I know that you're supposed to tell me what to do, and that's your job, and my job is to do what I'm told, and we're not going to do that anymore? Do we want the army to stand up to the president and say, we're not going to do what you tell us? Yes. We we want that. We we absolutely do. Yeah, if the president said do something illegal, and the, we, it's actually by law they have right. to say no. Isn't that where we start landing into like a you know military coup type of situation? If I the think president that that's, I orders, think that that's a dangerous thing. Well, if the president gives an illegal order, mm-hmm. there by by law they have to say no. The police swore off the Constitution and still are willing to uphold I think this unlawful is a, activities. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a real problem to say that. We want the police force to stand up on its own hind legs and, you know, start marching around the farmyard and telling the other animals what to do. I think it's a big stretch to say that versus cops should reject illegal orders. Probably they should reject illegal orders. But they don't. So why should I support them? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I live in Brooklyn, New York, and if we don't have police officers, we're going to have an even worse situation than we have now. But didn't you already say the cops are nowhere to be seen? And they're not I don't enforcing see anything? The, I don't see them around. They're not enforcing COVID orders. So it sounds like they're doing good. I'm happy that they're not enforcing they're, that. They're not, well, I should say not enforcing the unconstitutional things. I, I guess the issue I have right now is it seems like a lot of the arguments for police are coming from urban conservatives, which are few and far between relative to rural conservatives. Right. There's like five of us and we have dinner a couple times. So year, yeah. for me, I'm kind of like, we don't have cops out here, mm-hmm. but I'm allowed to have, you know, to an extent, weapons. Mm-hmm. Because we're actually in Maryland, we're on the border. So uh, in West Virginia, you can literally walk around with a Barrett, you know, M82 if you want to. It's really right. heavy and probably ridiculous, but you could. And I wonder why it is that in these, you know, I wouldn't call them dense, but there, there, are, there are communities that are, have you have next door neighbors, like right. literally ten feet from your house, just like any other urban community. Why is there? Why is there no? Won't be breaking in anybody's houses, and there's no cops. And why is it that in New York City? You've got Democrats, these activists complaining about the cops, but it's the few, it's, it's the 20% of New York that's conservative defending them. Meanwhile, also getting abused by them. But the I just Democrats, don't see any legitimate the Dem- argument. The Democrats in New York City who are calling for getting rid of police, they don't actually mean what they're saying, right? Like the Park Slope Democrats don't mean, uh, you know, get the police out of Park Slope. They don't mean that at all. They mean. Do they say it? What are they saying? It they say like defund police. Well then, but that's not what we they. Should, we, we can't read their minds. Yeah, no, we can't read their minds. But you know what they're saying? They're saying police are racist and get them out of the black communities. Um, and then the police leave the black communities, <clears throat> and crime goes up, and more more people get killed. But we shouldn't assume that you know when we see people in these communities saying get the get the cops out of mm-hmm. here. I think we should say okay, that's your community, not mine. Yeah, but that's because you live out here. And I'm like... No, I'm from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, but and you so, live out here. <laughs> so I'd love to have in the south side, south side of Chicago been able to bear arms mm-hmm. to defend myself from the gang violence. Instead, right. after getting shot at, I'm like, I probably shouldn't live here anymore. Cause, well, because you can't really have a gun there. But, you know, the, the gang members can because, right. you know... Because they get them illegally. Right. And so, so law-abiding is, citizens can't do anything. This is kind of what I was the, saying. But the cops would arrest me we if had, I tried to do anything about it. In New York City, we had Giuliani who came in and really started trying to clean up the city in, what, like, 92... And I remember it very distinctly because it got a lot harder to buy drugs in Washington Square Park. We had to, like, 
go down the Lower East Side to do that. Um, and we, you know, we made it work. We figured out a workaround. But uh, so Giuliani really did an awful lot to clamp down on crime in the city. Manhattan got a lot safer. Um, and it was actually pretty remarkable. And then when Giuliani, when um, Bloomberg came in, he took this gift of a really safe Manhattan and he used that to create basically a playground for the wealthy and then bolster the outer boroughs. So the outer boroughs got a lot safer too. He got slammed for this, you know, broken windows policing thing, but that was actually rather effective policy and the entire city got drastically more safe. It's just too authoritarian for me. Well, it was act- I mean, it was pretty magical to be able to like walk around Manhattan at four o'clock in the morning with absolutely no fear for your safety. What a year and two months ago? Did they have guns banned back then? I really don't know. I never had to. I I never looked into owning a gun in New York City until maybe like a month or so ago. Do you ever hear the story about the uh, the black cop who started giving out tickets in Central Park? No. I could be getting the story wrong, but it was basically uh, black cop shows up in Central Park, starts handing out tickets to couples sitting down on a picnic with wine. Mm-hmm. Public public drinking is a is a petty offense. Here's your your fine, your summons, or whatever. Well, the reason he did it, I guess, was because the cops would go to the black neighborhood, start giving out tickets to people drinking forties on their stoop. Sure. Well, and so he said, "You want to come to my neighborhood? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Central Park and do the same thing." The cop got in trouble, got reprimanded. So these de- these these big cities. That have been been run by Democrats for for generations mm-hmm. have these problems with asymmetrical enforcement, and I think it's mo- poverty is a big component of it. Less so race, but I do think race plays a role. Why should I defend these cops when the Democrats are the ones complaining about them, and they're willing to enforce unconstitutional laws? And I don't live there, so sure, twenty <laughs> percent of the people who live there are conservative right? and defending cops. Meanwhile, they're the ones being locked down by the cops, and the cops are defending Antifund, protecting them, or at the very least, when they do arrest them, the DAs cut them loose. Then when a conservative gets arrested, they get the book thrown at them. The cops are willing to say, I'm being neutral by arresting the both of you. And the DA says, good job. Antifa, you're free to go. Conservative, welcome to jail. I don't know. The protest that I went to um, this year in Union Square and around New York City, I saw maybe like a couple of times somebody got arrested. And usually it was one of the protesters. And most of the time what I saw were cops, you know, the protesters would come up to them and say, you guys are pigs and all of this stuff. And the cops would just applaud them and say, oh, you're so brave, so courageous or and so brave. Um, no, they were they were making fun of them. Right, right. But you remember when the cops joking. took a knee for the for the protesters? Yes, I do remember that. That Brilliant happened thing for conservatives That happened in Brooklyn. I thought that was yeah. a horror show, in fact. And I, I don't I don't see wrote the cops. in opposition to that, in fact. Yeah. So so I think conservatives are unwilling to stand up for themselves, and that's part of the problem. I think this is a very dangerous game though. I think defunding police no matter what side you're on, saying that we do not need uh law enforcement. Have you tried to buy a gun in New York City? Well, it's then, like it's like several weeks. You need an interview. You need to give them a reason why you need to buy a gun. You sounds can't like just you've got an authoritarianism problem. Well, that is an authoritarian problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, but I think that it's a you know it's a dangerous. Re- <clears throat> I hear what you're saying about you know police not upholding their duty. I think it's a very dangerous road to go down to say that we don't need police at all because they are ineffectual. Again, it's a it's oh, it's I, dist- I'm not saying it's, that. It's destroying something without building anything in its place. I'm, I'm not saying I, I do build think a we framework need first. Yeah, I, I do. The problem is when what's happening is that cops will, without hesitation, arrest moderates and conservatives, or even some, in some instances, liberals, especially if they're if they're upholding their Second Amendment rights in a, in a city with skyrocketing gun violence and crime. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's kind of a problem then, 
because they can't keep a control. They can't keep control of the crime, but they're absolutely willing to arrest law-abiding citizens who get scared and want to buy something to defend themselves. I'll check that out. I haven't seen those cases, in, but I'll take a look. I'll take what, a look like at people, it. People getting arrested for having guns. People getting arrested in New York for having that happens all the time. Illegal guns for having. Well, illegal yeah, because guns. they're all illegal. Well, they're not all illegal. Like you, you, you can't a get a gun in New York. Near my house. If you go to the CVS near my house, you can hear a lot of gunfire. It's kind of jarring. So, <laughs> so it's downstairs. Illegal, illegal guns are what people have in places like New mm-hmm. York because yeah. you need a qualifying reason to actually get a gun. Right, and but illegal guns are also what are shooting little babies at barbecues in the middle of Bed-Stuy. Yeah, because criminals commit crimes. Right. The cops so, can't stop it, can they? Yeah. I mean, there should be, I think, better gun laws in New York. Once I looked into it, I was actually really shocked to find how difficult it would be to get any kind of weapon. So less gun laws. I think the I think the gun laws should not be quite so strict at all. I think most conservatives don't live in big cities that mm-hmm. are run by Democrats. And I think it's silly to support the broken and unconstitutional systems propped up by Democrats when you don't live there. And then just... I, it makes no sense to me at this point. Now, before the election, mm-hmm. I was absolutely like, yeah, these people are crazy. Defund the police is nuts. And then when the people in these cities all voted to defund their police and support Democrats, I'm I like, think that's <laughs> insane, too. I certainly didn't vote to defund the police. Did you see what happened in Minneapolis? That went really badly. They defunded police. Seattle defunded police. They voted for it. They voted for it. And so the people should if, look. I lived in New York for like five or six years. Mm-hmm. And there were serious problems with crime. And uh, I lived on the street where the two cops got executed by the black nationalists. Yeah, I remember that. So I was like, oh, I'm going to leave. So I moved over. I jumped I jumped the river to the Jersey side. Mm-hmm. And then someone planted bombs in Manhattan and in Jersey City. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to move maybe away <laughs> from these cities. They can't stop the violence and the crime. Right. But they, also, but they can stop you from defending yourself as a law-abiding citizen. They can stop you from getting a gun because they have really harsh gun control laws. That don't work. Yeah, that don't actually keep illegal guns off the street. And who's enforcing that? Oh, I... The police. I'm sure it's the police. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it makes sense to take it away without building something in its place. We can't have a situation where there's no police in New York City. That's just a... That's just a horrifying idea. But what... what, Already, we're looking at it, right? We're looking at... So we had votes to defund the police. I think Bloomberg took a bunch of money away from police and... Gave it to prostitutes or something like that. I mean, something really stupid. Um, social workers are supposed to show up now at calls or whatever else. But I don't think that we can just destroy it and take it away if there's nothing in its place. We've already seen so much violent crime increase. And a lot of that is because the police have been, you know, pushed aside and dropped away. I think if you talk the police, talk to the police commissioner at this point, um, you know, he's not in favor of any of this stuff either. So, Sure. Like, are the police doing a bad job? Yes. Does that mean we need to get rid of the police? No. Uh, it also doesn't mean we need to reform them in the way that the leftists are saying we need to reform them, because that's not effective either. I think people need, need we need to bring back individual responsibility. Well, and sure. People should I stop. totally agree with individual responsibility across I, I, the board. I don't think it makes sense to be like, we should have more cops arresting more people so I can feel safe, even though I'm not allowed to have a gun. No, I'm not be, saying there should be more cops arresting more people. Well, that broken window policing is where they use the harshest enforcement tactics on the lowest level crime. But what they do when they when they were doing the broken windows thing, what they were doing is they were finding illegal guns. That's how that that's how that worked. When they were arresting, you know, turnstile jumpers, which I don't think you should be arresting turnstile jumpers what, necessarily. What makes the guns illegal? What makes the guns illegal is that they don't have a permit to carry them. The Constitution says you can. Okay, so what do you want to do about it? You want to just oh, get think, rid of police and let the cities burn? Is that what you're, you're if, like? What is your proposal 
to replace the police. So if there's no police, right, let's say let's say the thing goes forward. Let's say the leftists defund all the police and the conservatives stop supporting police. And then all the police are just like, ah, this job is horrifying. I'm going to quit and go do something else. Then what happens? Right. What happens to the cities and what is supposed to take the place of the police? Are we just not supposed to have any enforcement at all? What's the point of having any laws? Once we take away the police, you still have, you still have courts. Okay, so you if there's no one to arrest anybody, <clears throat> then there's no reason to have a court. If there's no one to enforce the laws, if there's no one to enforce a law, then why do we have any laws? Why is it that only some laws are being enforced and some aren't? And why is it that it's favorable to the left? I don't you, know you, that you, it is in all cases, we're, but we're, I don't think you're proposing a solution. I think that you're just jumping on board saying like, you know, these guys are doing a bad job anyway, so let's just get rid of them. There's a solution. Buy a gun. So the solution for all crime is that we should all just be armed? Yes. You can defend yourself if you're armed. What if you, we're, we're, what if you have no hands? How are you supposed to, I mean, what are you that's, supposed to that, do that, then? That, that, that's, like an, uh, that's not a real argument, though. But I mean, it kind of is. How is a person with no hands supposed to defend themselves, period? With right. their feet, I guess? The well, you, you but can, the police would protect a person with no hands, ideally. Private security? So let's say you're poor. You can't afford private security, and you don't have your hands to hold a gun. I mean, this sounds absurd. The cops absurd. are arresting people simply for having illegal guns, but the guns can't be illegal under the Constitution anyway. So it sounds like what happened is New York passed a bunch of unconstitutional laws they're using to arrest innocent people. Perhaps that's, that's true, problem. but they're not only arresting people for having guns. Broken windows policing resulted in the policy idea was that if you arrest people for the lowest level crimes like mm-hmm. jaywalking, you will actually deal with higher level crimes. So they would arrest someone for jaywalking, and it's extremely disruptive to someone's life. I don't think you're getting arrested for jaywalking, first of all. Um, I think you're getting arrested for other things, probably not jaywalking. The, yeah, that, that was the idea of broken windows policing. <laughs> that when you right. see a, a but building, but if you with- have somebody, you know, if you have people committing lower level crimes, right? So why don't we look at the data? So under Bloomberg, you had this situation. You had, uh, you know, you had stop and frisk which, of course, was extremely racist because it was only done in black and brown communities because it was only done in the most poor communities. Um, So you have that. And then you have, you know, the broken windows thing. How did we get to a point where New York was so safe? How did we get to a point where New York was the safest city in the country? Authoritarianism. It wasn't just authoritarianism. There was a a decrease in crime. And most people were able to live... Freely on all levels of society. And what was what was the, the cause of that decrease in crime? Well, that's what I'm asking. So there's a bunch of different theories on it. Mm-hmm. The most interesting, I think, is actually the, the removal of lead from gasoline. The removal of lead from gasoline actually correlates very closely to a decrease in crime. In like the 2010s? Uh, I think this was like in the 70s or 80s. Okay, because I'm talking about, I mean, it was in the last, within like the last 20 years that right, New York right. basically was Disneyland. So I don't think that the lead thing is the perfect example, mm-hmm. but pollutants in the air was causing people to have problems. So they say uh, the other issue is that general prosperity in the U.S. and economic economic expansion reduced the amount of crime in general sure. across the board. Sure, it did. Cell phones are uh-huh. one of the, the biggest uh, um, one, of, one of the biggest reasons why there's less murder his, historically in a certain period from mm-hmm. like two th- like around the late 2000s into 2010s was because people were still trying to kill you. But now you could call 911 the moment it happened, mm-hmm. substantially decreasing the likelihood of death, so why is causing there so murders much to now, become attempted murders. So why is there so much more crime now that we have pulled back on police? There's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, one is probably the defunding of police, for mm-hmm. sure. Then there's also COVID 
desperation, anger, rage, people being locked up in their homes. An increase in uh, poverty probably was a substantial component to an increase in crime. So, was poverty, there an increase in poverty in New York City? This well, past people year? didn't have jobs. People, right. a lot of people lost their work. A lot, work. Of, a lot people of people lost businesses jobs. Shut down. Like so, a bunch of people left New York City entirely. Rich people, though. Yeah, like four hundred thousand rich yeah. families. So poor people left, or lower middle class or middle mm-hmm. class who lost their jobs, and now we're reliant on these stimulus payments, which weren't particularly well. Enough. They weren't really enough money. Yeah. So then people become angry and desperate. Not to mention that there's no one really on the streets. So it was it was interesting because initially there was a decrease in crime simply because of a decrease because in crime. Because there was no one there. But right. then, yeah, the Less emptiness. Like opportunity. The emptiness creates more crime. So That's I true. think. So what should happen? So your vision for New York City is that there's no police at all and just everyone's walking around with a gun? Well, uh, before the election, I would have said having a, a, a police department for mm-hmm. sure. But I think the problem now is you have a bunch of gluttonous city dwellers who are just accepting of the big hand of government to do everything for them. Instead of taking responsibility for the fact that you have problems in your city, people say, just let the government do it. You know, just have, like the police should do it even when the police will uphold unconstitutional laws. Uh-huh. But most importantly, this stems from watching the police oppress people going to church. People well, yeah. going to synagogue. All of that stuff was completely wrong. But I don't think I, I still just don't think that I won't taking accept away, authoritarianism for the sake of feeling safe. Sorry. Those I don't, who would give up. I don't little, I don't think taking away law enforcement is actually going to create a safer city. Those who would give up freedom in exchange for security deserve neither and will lose both. Yeah, but in a city yep. where you have so many people living close to each other. Pretty sure Ben Franklin lived in a city. Yeah, but Philadelphia in 1776 was nothing like New York City in 2021. I don't think that's a, that's, that's a justification for dis- disregarding the Constitution. No, perhaps not. But I also don't think that entirely police are... N- I don't know what all these cases are. I mean, are you talking just specifically about guns? Because I'm talking about, first and foremost, they shut down churches right. in violation of the First Amendment. And, and, allowed, that, and that went to the Supreme Court and it was overturned. And then... Cuomo immediately said, don't care, I'll do another one, and did it again. Right, and but it every, was overturned in the Supreme Court. Except Cuomo ignored it and just signed another executive order, and de Blasio did it again. But the they, churches are open in New York City. Eventually, sure. They're not But not open. immediately. No, well, the while, diocese while had the to churches, decide, and the communities had to decide for themselves if they were going to do it themselves. While the churches were shut down, mm-hmm. the city allowed Black Lives Matter to protest without masks Yes, on. and that was insanity. And but that's why, not a reason to take away law enforcement. When they're the ones enforcing... A, and, and a, a corrupt political system and absolving themselves of responsibility, I actually think it is. I think in a lot of cases, you had the churches themselves staying closed after the order, which I don't think was reasonable either. The, the, the cops spying on children at, 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 relig- at Jewish schools, the, the, the video where the cop goes into a, a Hasidic a, a Jewish man's eatery that was closed simply because he propped yeah, the door open I don't for think air. That's, I don't think that's okay either. But what I don't think you're providing is any kind of reasonable solution to it. I am. Yeah. It's called personal responsibility. You're saying that everyone should just be walking around with a gun. Absolutely. Yes. In New York City. Yep. Well, I think that's not a great idea. You're responsible for what comes out of that gun. You're responsible for your own safety. Stop enforcing unconstitutional (laughs) edict enforcement simply because you don't want to be responsible for yourself. I don't think that walking around with a gun is necessarily the way that everyone would choose to be responsible for themselves. And I think there are a lot of people where walking around with a gun is not a responsible move at all. If you were, if you, if, if you were in New York City and a guy came up to you with a gun, is a cop going to jump out from the woodwork and save you? No. So what do you do? I don't know. 
probably get shot. So it doesn't, doesn't sound like you have a real but solution like, for you know, how to deal with crime in your but city. But like if I was walking around with a gun and someone popped out and had a gun, I would probably still get shot. Actually, in, in <laughs> like, uh, so, so why is it? not always going to work for everybody. So why, why is it in West Virginia you can have these big communities and there's no police department, but people aren't breaking into every single building and getting mugged in the street? People aren't breaking into every single building and getting mugged in the street all the well, time in New York either. Crime New York is skyrocketing in New York City. Violent crime. Violent crime. Yeah. Now, why is it? I'm not sure why it is exactly. So I think... I mean, I think we had police pull back an awful lot. I think that was bad. I think we had, you know, the COVID restrictions were pretty bad as well. But I don't, you know, I just am not seeing your solution as very viable. I think it's it's not so much of a, a solution being viable. It's how much... How much do you reject the Constitution on the principles of modernity? I think we have to fight them in ways that are not just necessarily like from our hip. We have systems in place. We have a government system in place for a reason. And I think that it can be pretty effective. We have to elect better leaders for sure. That's a problem. I think this is why conservatives get crushed repeatedly. Why? Because we're not willing to just walk around with guns and shoot everybody? Well, because they're, they're deferential to the left in every respect. I don't think this is deference. Absolutely. I, I mean, think it's, the, I think the, it's the, deference the to the social is, order, and I think it's deference to, you know, the three branches of government and the checks and balances on those. The cops have been maligned, mm-hmm. and the ones who stay on the job are dropping to their knees and groveling. The people in the city have been disarmed, and the ones who are refusing to defend themselves are dropping to their knees and groveling. The mayor illegally appropriated tax funds to paint a political message in front of a building, and the police defended it, and the people of the city who stay there are dropping to their knees and groveling. I don't think that's true in most of the cases. It's just apathy. It's, it's, it's a disregard for what this country was built upon, the founding principles, what it means to be responsible for yourself. It is saying, I understand the Democrats passed unconstitutional laws. The cops should enforce it anyway because I'm not responsible so for So what myself. do you think of the whole fourth turning concept? Do you think that's where we are? Do you think we're in that last, that last area where it's just like everybody's completely weak and ineffectual? And then we're going to have something really bad happen to create more stronger, like strong people who then take charge. I mean, what are, what are yeah. we looking at? Like, we have like a pretty stark decre- disagreement here with regard to the social order. I mean, you seem to it's, think it's a, in a much worse place than I do, which honestly, like, you know, perhaps I'm a little optimistic. That's something <laughs> that's something that nobody would have ever accused me of ever in my life previously. Did you did you but, watch the Chauvin trial? No, I did not watch the Chauvin trial. I watched the Chauvin trial, and I heard the prosecution's own witness argue that Chauvin used the lesser force option. Mm-hmm. We, we're now hearing reports, I haven't verified these, that one of the jurors was previously a public read about Black that. Lives Matter activist. Yeah. The judicial system is corrupted by spineless and feckless judges mm-hmm. and court officers who don't want to face any repercussions. Some of the jurors, the one juror who came out and said she was an alternate, that I was scared. I didn't want to go through the rights yeah, of destruction again. Yeah, I read about again. that as well. These, these are people who are willing to give up all of their freedoms in exchange for security. What, what we are watching is that justice is being crushed. Kyle Rittenhouse will likely get life in prison for defending himself. You can watch a 78-year-old man get bashed in the back of the head by Antifa, but heaven forbid you actually want to defend your community. And then what happens is conservatives still keep coming out and groveling before the left. I don't think they're groveling before the left. I don't think that's what's going on. I think they're supporting, you know, a democratic system of government, which is worth supporting. So you're playing a game that's the other side is cheating over and over again, threatening to flip the board and hit everybody. And the conservatives keep going, okay, okay. And I don't mean all conservatives. Right. I especially mean, mean the Republican Party and, and, and the people, the conservatives who remain in these cities who are defending a broken system. Yes. 
We're all conservatives. So what is so what's supposed to happen? Are we just supposed to say like, okay, the social order is completely destroyed. Let's just blow it up and then see what happens. I think you have uh, an apocalyptic view of what happens when people take responsibility for themselves. I don't think so. I don't think I do. I think people taking responsibility for themselves and completely destroying and dismantling the government structure are two completely different things. Destroy the government structure. You're saying take away law enforcement. If we take away law enforcement, there's no point in having any laws. Well, the, the people voted for it. What people? Like people in these urban metros keep voting for the politicians calling for defunding or abolishing police. Kamala Harris literally fundraised for the rioters. Yes, I know. They Then they lie about it happening. Mm-hmm. And then conservatives are like, we'll let him keep doing it. So 75 million people did not vote for this for this administration. Yeah, but those people don't live in cities, mostly. Well, some of them do. Some of them, sure. Right. But 75 million people did not vote for this administration. The administration won anyway. It's it's running roughshod over them anyway. You know, and you have the corporations and the social media giants taking their voices away anyway and, and so, crushing them anyway. So what is your so you're just saying like everyone should what move to the middle of nowhere and carry a gun around? I mean, you can get out of the cities is a, is a good start. A lot of conservatives have been repeatedly. But saying why should cities. we have to, you know, change our lifestyle fully? What if we like living the, in cities? What if we like it's you know, a, it's having a leftist view? It's not necessarily make the world change a, for you instead no, of recognizing. No, it's not. You it's can. not. It's you know we built these beautiful palaces, these beautiful cities, so that we could live in them, so that we could go to the theater whenever we wanted, so we could go to museums, so that we could meet up in parks and see our friends and do all kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with a city lifestyle. You know, we don't all want to grow grow gardens and and have chickens and things. We we don't all want to do that. We don't all want to carry guns around either. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you can and have why a, take away someone else's right to do those things, even in a city, which they do. You can't have chickens I, in many of these cities. Listen, I totally I totally disagree with the gun laws in New York City. I what think about chicken that laws? You can't have chickens. Too harsh. And there are people who have chickens in Brooklyn. So And gardens and whatever many, else. Many urban metros ban livestock. Okay. Why? Well, so vote against it. Move to a city and go vote against it if you don't well, like so it. Well, so that's why I said before the election, mm-hmm. I was very much in favor sure. of supporting the police. Once we realized that after all the riots and all the small businesses being harassed and churches being shut down, people voted for this. Now the responsible thing to do is to recognize you've lost that argument. And if you want to live in a city where you have no rights, by all means, you're free to do so. But it's clear that New York is supporting unconstitutional laws. The police allow Black Lives Matter to march without masks on repeatedly over and over and over again in many major urban metros. And then when well, a conservative the, comes out in, in... The police aren't enforcing masks in New York City anyway. No, but they're shutting churches down and making sure small businesses can't serve drinks. They're not doing that anymore. But right, They right. were so doing that. And not, I disagree it's, it's, with all of that throughout. And I, I spoke and wrote against and, all of that. And when it happens to you again... Like, am I supposed to be like, oh, no, the poor conservatives getting arrested again? No, I mean, you can do whatever you want out here and people can do what they want in their cities. Now, I'll I'll clarify. There's like urban conservatives who are remaining and watching all this happen. And I'm hearing more and more from most conservatives who agree. Mm -hmm. The cities vote to get rid of the police. Let them have it. If you want to stay and live in that, then that's your choice. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. We got to do super chats. Okay. And see what the users have to think because... We definitely went long. So if you haven't already, go to TimCast.com, become a member, smash that like button. And now we're going to read Super Chats because uh, I took too, we, we, I, I went way too long. All right. Jordan Jones says, your first beer in May is on me, Ian. Oh, there you go, buddy. John Lee says, hey, Tim, you sound sick today in your videos. Your voice was cracking and stuff. So I hope you feel better if you are sick. Also, any update on Chicken City? It is operating. 
We do need to get a chicken whisperer out here and get the camera set up. And it's not that I'm sick. It's just allergies are brutal, man. Eat a big scoop of coconut oil. Coconut oil? What is that going to do? You feel good. Oil up your throat. All right, let's see. Flimsy Fox says, Hi, Tim. I want to say thank you for all you do. Your informative videos kept me from voting for a particular presidential candidate I would have regretted. I think we all know which one. I think many of the leftists also regret that decision as well. And the neolib Democrat voter types have kind of just stopped paying attention. The median says, I didn't realize how narcissistic leftists are till one killed my D&D group. Worst, they claimed I was not tolerant of their beliefs as they blew up when I mentioned facts and asked asked questions. Wish me luck in finding a new D&D group. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. We're going to start doing D&D. Roll initiative. Nice. Lucas Parada says, watched Mortal Kombat. Cole Young is from the south side of Chicago. His wife's name is Allison and obviously Asian. Are the writers Timcast fanboys? Yes, they are. Mortal Kombat is this generation. Citizen Kane, fight me. That's a joke. I don't mean it, YouTube. Calm down. Mav says, according to, New, uh, to the New Yorker, Senator Harry Reid was blocked from ac- accessing UFO debris held by Lockheed Martin. A senator blocked by the Pentagon from accessing UFO debris. When are people going to wake up to this story? You know, I think a lot of this stuff is uh, maybe they're just trying to make you think there's something out there because it's like a psyop for like foreign war or something, you know, make the enemy think we have access to technologies. They don't freak them out. Also, didn't someone say it was birds? Yeah, I think like a lot of these UFOs were actually just birds, mm-hmm. Interesting. just blurry yeah. birds and in IR cameras. Wow. Blurry birds. I love that Daft Punk song about it. What is it? When he's like, uh, I don't know, there's something out there. It's moving in a earthbound direction. <laughs> Murmuration. Have you ever seen the, when all the birds fly in one yeah, giant cool. bird? It looks like Yeah, a, that's cool that's when that really happens. Cool. Oh, really? You don't say, says, did you did you see you showed up in the Project Veritas oligarchy music video? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, did you see the music video? I didn't. I had to go watch it. I, I didn't see you. I saw your name. In, yeah. In the credits. Where There's like you? a little TV pops up, oh. and I'm and it's from the show, and I'm like, you know, the New York Times is tripping over themselves. Like, yeah, it was funny. It was great. Yeah, James got moves. It's yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> It's like an 80s music video. He's got the sledgehammer. So good. All right. Oddball Gaming says, hey, Tim, this is why the tornado that went over you fired up again in Fredericks, Maryland. Even Illinois had a tornado spotted traveling east. Target areas tonight in Arkansas, Missouri, and couple Dixie Alley states. Did that happen all over? A lot of storms. Interesting. Yeah, it moved right over us. Man, the weather it was headed so straight nice. to us, and it went whoop. Yeah, the, the it was ridge. was actually kind of cool. With all the leaves blowing over. Oh, I love this weather. Mm-hmm. Zechnix says, defunding the police will lead to the expulsion of local law enforcement, creating a power vacuum for some sort of federal police to come in to save the day. This is the goal of defund the police. I hear this a lot, and it doesn't make any sense. That's I, what happened in Camden, though. Then the stateies came in. The state police came in. Yeah. But they're saying federal federalization of the police. Right. Like in New York, the state police came in when the, when the local cops wouldn't right. enforce. In Staten Island, they had jurisdiction. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that Staten Island once seceded, or I'm sorry, voted to secede from New York? Or oh, something? they should have done it. Well, I guess the state said no. <laughs> I, was, I don't know. I saw it on Reddit. I don't know if it's true or not. If it's on Reddit, it must be true, I guess. I want to mm-hmm. look that up now. Aiden says, hey, Tim, high schooler from the last GOP Collar County in Chicago here. I have been interning with local campaigns. My psych teacher started preaching critical race theory and told us to read D'Angelo and Kendi. How am I meant to fight this? Uh, you know what I would do? I would go back and I would ask why I was told to read a, a, a book from a, a self-avowed racist. 
That's a Rob, good question. Robin DiAngelo is self-about racist. And then they'll ask for proof and then show them proof. There's a lot of proof saying. in the Because they probably didn't read it. But she says she's racist. Yeah. So She says she can't be cured of racism. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a way to keep people oppressed in their own mindset and incapable of taking personal responsibility. So but you know what I would do is I would I would read the books and then I would read books that are contrary to it and I would I would write a thesis about why the books were wrong. That's what I would do. I would read Alinsky's Rules for Radicals mm. and then apply the principles in this setting. So make this teacher live up to their own rules. I assume your teacher is white, in which case you should say after reading the book, I realized you're oppressing us and I want to know how you're going to make it up to the class because D'Angelo says she's a racist. You're, you know, you're, this teacher, is, I'm assuming, is white. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't assume that. It sort of doesn't matter just, what color they are. It's still oppressive to make people read about how they're racist. I just assume they're white because most of these people are. Like, the critical race theorists tend to be, like, progressive white suburbanites. Yeah, what, so. virtue signaling. Yeah, use Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. All right, Rob Lowe, Rob's Lowe's says, side note, I watched your recent Cast Castle and I sent you an email. I thought it would be a great episode if you are interested in making a range on the property if legally allowed. I do not know how to, I, I do know how to operate heavy equipment. Not here in Maryland, but we do have a property in West Virginia we're going to be filming at at some point. So West Virginia is freedom. Eli M says, Tim, today Crowder mentioned your West Virginia skate park. Will you invite him on your show? Crowder? Crowder is always invited to come on the show. It's just that he runs his own show. So, like, when would he come? You know, we've, we've talked. It's just, like, I've been on his show. We do everything in person here. I don't make exceptions, you know. Like, we've had a lot of really awesome guests be like, can we do Skype? And I'm like, nah, nah. It, the reality is we just we don't have any monitor set up for anybody. So, like, when, when you guys watching are seeing the news article, no one else can see any of that. And I'm just... I don't, I don't, I don't like the dynamic of of compromising and then doing a digital like over the phone kind of show. I don't want to do that. Yeah, he should come out with his wife. Come out for the weekend or something. I totally respect the uh, in studio aspect. Yeah, because I like that. I hate doing Skype stuff. It's really, I always look the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Also, they'll eventually build monitors with cameras in them. They may already have them, but we'll be able right to make eye center. contact with each other. Or the the, oh, the eyes be are weird. Yeah, I just change. you got to. That'll be weird camera. and fake. Yeah, that's going to change society big time. <laughs> Jay Liebgott says, I would love to see a conversation between you and Lex Friedman. The juxtaposition of your energies would make for an interesting content. I almost went on his show. We, we briefly talked. Uh, he was in the area, but we weren't able to make it work. That'd be cool, though. He's a smart fella. All right, here we go. Dragon Lady says, yep, giving 50 bucks just to high five Libby for being a fellow Star Trek fan. Tim, too, but I already knew he was. There you go. Hey. <laughs> Making me money for being a fan. Hey, how about that? Balthazar says, how cost effective could a lightning capture device be for the power grid? Right now, the problem is we don't know the, I'm not an electrician, but it's like we don't know the voltage or the amperage or whatever of a lightning strike. So you can't accurately predict how to contain it. I read about this once. I was like, why don't we just harness electricity and like That's store it somewhere? I, when you guys were talking about solar and wind, I kept thinking about lightning and geothermal, like volcanic well, light, heat. Unless you're Dr. Brown, right? Emmett Brown? Yeah. Yeah, he's into it. Lightning is, is too random. We'd have to capture it while it's in orbit, maybe, before, lightning? before it gets hot. Yeah, if we could just collect the static charge. The other issue is that charges aren't burst charges. Like, what do we have that can take a lightning bolt and just store that energy? We're not like... I don't know yet. I don't know if graphene can handle the heat. There must be metamaterials that can handle the heat. They could absorb Maybe. like a superconductor that could hit, get hit once and then be fully charged. 
That would be really interesting. Man, it's just so much electricity yeah. waiting to be tapped. It's a wild amount. Shaker Silver says, even if the GOP wins 2020, who's in control? Traditionalists and populists that actually oppose to the leftists and neolibs or the soft liberals and neocons that just roll over. What even is a conservative? I mean, conservatives today are Democrats 15 years ago, basically. That's how I ended up over here. It was there a free speech thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I look at, uh, you know, a, a conservative today, a conservative from 2000. If, the, if that person came here today, they'd be banned from every platform instantly. Instantly. And they'd be headline media matters. But so would a Democrat. Uh, from 2000? I think so. From 2000? I don't, I don't know if they'd be insta-banned. Maybe not insta-banned. They'd be called but alt-right and insulted. They'd certainly, they'd certainly would be on the wrong side of things. Right. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and anyone from the 90s is just screwed. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Brandon McGregor says, don't know if it would happen even after COVID, but Linus from Linus Tech Tips occasionally touches on politics. I think you could have a nuanced conversation on certain current social and economic issues. Perhaps, but a lot of people who run shows, you know, uh, like that, they don't want to get into the weeds and get accused of things, you know. So we, 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 I've tried talking to a lot of people who are like, you know, pro skaters, musicians, like, you're, ver- you're really influential. Wouldn't you want to come on and we'll just talk about this? Um, you know, like, you don't got to come on and put on MAGA hat or anything. Just like, how's it going? What's going on with skateboarding? How you feeling? What do you feel about cancel culture? And then express your opinions. And they're like, oh, dude, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I'll, I'll get fired and I'll, my contracts and oh, man. I can understand some of it. Like, if you're hired by, you know, an energy drink company, they don't want you posting videos about politics they want you posting videos where you're like gnarly i'm gonna do a backflip you know and it's fun and it energizes the kids and also uh as we move forward don't forget to smash that like button it really helps us out person says america is not getting more racist the democrats are period note youtube blocked this comment until i split democrats really that's weird that is weird yeah they're using the media to project that image too i don't even think they're more racist than they used to be it's just loud and in your face i think they're more racist than they used to be really yeah by a lot bridget f says ian is god eth to the moon add a zipline tim we want to add we, a zipline and we are all fingers of god should we build a zipline yeah over a pool paxton <laughs> paxton harrell says you're wrong on pv being for the rich i've actually started a company in utah and we've been running for over a year now selling solar significantly cheaper because we don't rely on the tax credits interesting uh, that is interesting I wonder how that works with the tax credits. How can it be cheaper without the tax credits? I have no idea. Maybe there's like requirements for what you have to, like regulations to reach the tax credits so you can actually make a cheaper product. Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess, yeah. I wonder what is required to get the tax credit. Yeah. And if they're doing something different, what is that? I'm very, I'm very curious. More information, please. Yeah, I definitely want more information. All right. Dylan Keller says, hello. Do you remember the episode of Superman, the animated series, when Superman defeats Darkseid and the people now free rush to Darkseid crying, let me help you, master? Neolibs reminded me of it. Mm, I'm not familiar. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Veronica Lavigna says, Montreal was 8 p.m. curfew, but across a short bridge in a suburb, it's 9.30 p.m., but now it's all 9.30 p.m. No seating in restaurants yet. Weird. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was 9.30 this week. John Hutto says, Babylon 5 is better than DS9. Some of the best writing in all sci-fi, in my honest opinion. Interesting. People keep saying that. I have tried to watch Bab 5 like a half dozen times. Not into it? 
I just haven't. It seems like it, it's almost too soap opera y. Mm-hmm. What about um, Battlestar, the new one? I love Battlestar. So good. Mm-hmm. The new, yeah. new one? Is there a new? No, no, no. Just, no, just the, like, you know, from what, like 15 years ago. That was great. Ba- oh, man. Oh, so Battlestar, good. dude. I rewatched Incredible. Some of that. And, the, and the crazy, creepy ending. Dude, that mm-hmm. show is crazy. So, like, we found a compatible species. Like, okay. Joshua Carpenter says, when we say come and take it, understand it's an oath, it's oath-breaking thugs in blue who will be coming to take it for money. I was just doing my job, did not work, uh, did not work at Nuremberg. Someone has to take it. Oh, this is funny. Michael Adkins says, bring Brandon Tatum on your show, to your show. That's a good idea. All right. Uh, we'll go back in time and yeah. we'll do that because we did. <laughs> he was cool. Raleigh A. Murray says, the defense, I was just doing what I was ordered to do, did not work well in the Nuremberg trial. I thought it did work well in the Nuremberg. Didn't they let off a bunch of Nazis because they weren't the ones that made the call and they just kind of cut the head off? Like they killed No, them. they arrested a bunch of them for following orders. But then they released their, mo- almost everybody, except for like a few A lot of Nazis. the soldiers who are just, right. But a lot of people are like, I was just following orders. They got, like, they, you, you, we have like a story just recently about a Nazi guy who was like 90 or something. They deported him back yeah, to Germany. Right. Oh, they wow. did. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting when you look at, like, BLM, right? Because you've had, like, Patrice Cullors talk about how BLM is a leaderless movement, which kind of makes you think it's just a hydro. You cut off one head, another one just springs forth in its place. It's a chaotic, destructive force Mm -hmm. that I think arises when there's a power vacuum. Yeah. And I think what we've seen in America is that everybody basically became kind of just complacent. It's easier just to lay back and say, do whatever you want, just leave me alone. Yeah. And then Well, this, that's sort you know. of what everybody wants. Everyone just wants to be left alone to to live their life freely. Yeah, you know, but we lost personal responsibility. People <laughs> didn't want to stand up. I mean, I think that was a problem at the very at the beginning of this pandemic that's just become exacerbated. That's a big problem. The truth is even uh, during the revolution, uh, the revolution era, a lot of people, like a large chunk, said, I don't want to be involved at all. Leave me alone. I think that's most people all the time. And I also think that that is some personal responsibility. Like saying that you want to live a, a, a reasonable and quiet life, that should be perfectly acceptable. You got to earn that, though. That comes at like the cost of life and death. People kill and protect our borders well, so yeah. that we can live in, in calm silence. To think that you're owed that is. But then you never. No, see- I, didn't, I don't think that you're owed it. I'm saying people want it, and there's nothing wrong with wanting it. Life is a treadmill. If you stand still, you move backwards. If you walk, you stay in the same place. You have to run to get to start moving forward. So there are a lot of people who have been made complacent by the people guarding our borders and by the massive technological superiority and and air superiority, for the most part, that gives the U.S. its dominance. And now because of that, I think a lot of people, you know, a power vacuum has emerged in politics where people are just saying, I abstain. I don't want to be involved. And you end up with people rioting and then even to this day people are still saying i abstain it's like they burned down a bunch of buildings and you're still abstaining from the vote okay man well i'm gonna leave the city because i don't want to be involved in that anymore we tried the argument we tried arguing with people we tried showing them we tried being you know reasonable and rational and saying look at this video man this is crazy right and they still said i don't care and i'm like bro the fire is making it way to our house yeah and i said i'm not gonna do it it's okay that was there was an interesting thing in the summer with um there was a protest in Seattle and this was actually I found to be the most chilling of all the protests so there was this protest and it was in the evening it was at night it was dark and it was a bunch of kids teenagers 18 maybe 
walking through a residential street and they had a call and response and uh, it was, I'm fighting for you, I'm fighting for you, I'm fighting for you. Michaela, we see you. And they saw a girl in the window. Come out and march with us. March with us. We see you. And I found that to be actually the most chilling. A bunch of children <laughs> walking down the street saying that they're fighting for me and demanding that people come come, come out of their play house. Come with us. Yes. It was, very, and ever. it was very much like that. Creepy. It was the evil twins. Yeah. It was, that, that was, I thought, terrifying. But people still, after all of this, said, please just... Like when when they voted for Biden and Kamala after all the riots, mm-hmm. they were on their knees begging, "Please burn more buildings down." It was like it was sort of a hostage situation. That was the deal: was that we I, could have our lives back. I think that dark side comment Biden. was was better. Like, you know, dark side's the villain, and when he's defeated, they all run say, "Oh no, please, please don't hurt mm. Master." So th- these people are suffering from Stockholm syndrome. They've yeah, I think that's definitely battered. true with the Democratic Party. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. All right. Trudin on a shot of pressure. Better Calf Care says, when you say you have a good library on Timcast, you need to say it in the Trump voice. The radical left doesn't <laughs> want you watching the Timcast.com library. It's the best in the country. That's pretty good. Yeah. That was okay. <laughs> Caliber Neutral says, the chief of police needs to be an elected official just like sheriffs in the county. Yeah, maybe. That's interesting. But then you still, but then the Democrats are going to vote for Democrats. You know, right. You're going to, you're going to get some come. far left Democrat. Hmm. Oh man, I love it when the when the superheroes just jump and then it. I'm like, where am I? All right. Let's see. How many people are mad at me over my my stance on police? Lots of people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Martinez says she kicked your butt, Tim. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, let's see. Gareth Green says, Tim, law enforcement is a valid function of government and necessary for freedom. You are being defeatist. No, I'm, 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 I'm saying right now is people got to have responsibility. You can't just sit there and be like, cops should just be responsible for, for my safety, not me. And they should pass laws taking away my ability to defend myself if I so choose. People don't want to have guns. They don't have to have guns. If I want to have guns, I should be allowed. Constitution says keep and bear. What do you think happens if there's a, if there's a, uh, a case brought against some of these more restrictive gun control laws there is have there been right now the supreme court has granted cert to uh, a suit mm-hmm. in new york you need a reason to get a gun right they're challenging that so oh, that's cool in or, or it could be bad in october i think october 4th <laughs> it could always hear, be bad that's right. always the option so people are like it's six to three it's conservative they're gonna win it's like oh come on like mm-hmm. it's they're it's it's not no uh it's five to four at best but uh, the argument is Keep and bear arms means keep them like in your home and and storage, bear them if you like and bear them meaning like you're holding them you get to right. but uh, we'll see they could say no they could say if 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 a, if keeping and bearing arms was for a well regulated militia mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you walk around with guns right. it means you have the guns ready to go in your home and you can keep and use however the bear in my opinion there's no argument that makes sense where it's like you can bear arms in your house and nowhere else. Then they wouldn't yeah. even add it to the Constitution at all. Yeah, it's so interesting. They walked around with their guns on purpose. If, you, if you're supposed to be in a militia and it's supposed to be well-functioning and you can't carry your weapons around and then you're out like in the field and then all of a sudden like war breaks out and they're like, quick, come. You're like, hold on. I have to go to my storage to get my gun. Ugh. And then I have to go to my other storage to get my ammo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have to put it together separately because that's that right. was the law. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
Sonny James says, I think Americans are so rabid about their guns because the government has broken every cultural contract they've had with citizens. They're seizing assets willy-nilly, selectively pun- uh, selectively punish policing. No transparency in federal shootings of black men. Boosted said, there was a documentary on prisons and crime where several inmates openly admitted they are much more afraid of a private person with a gun than the police. An armed society is a polite society. There was something I read about. I don't, I, I don't know the full details, but um, this was back when I, I briefly took a criminal justice course when I was like 18 for like two months. There was some jurisdiction in, I think, like Wisconsin, maybe I'm not sure, that passed hardcore gun control and then crime went up like 85%. Huh. And they immediately panicked and then, like, rescinded the law. And then crime went right back down. Wow. Yeah, so, like, the issue is in Chicago, they know you're not armed. In West Virginia, if you even get anywhere near the wrong house, they'll come out with a gun being, like, two more steps in the wrong direction and you're not going to be alive anymore. And in St. Louis, if you come out with a gun, you're going to get arrested. That's right. Even when they were, like, on their own property and everything. Yeah. PC Pierce says, Tim, you went 30 plus years being left and pro gun control. In one year, people who didn't think like you should have their cities burn. Give people time. Uh, I, I, I guess pro gun control is probably fair, but I was not anywhere near where the Democrats were. I was actually fairly pro gun, but my arguments were like, well, there's probably some reforms we could do. And, and some of these things might make sense. And then someone commented on a YouTube video saying, I completely agree. I also think that we should have some restrictions on your ability to speak because I find your videos offensive. And I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and so now it's like... That's exactly where I landed on gun control. That's like how I got here. <laughs> well, if you want to change the Constitution, change the Constitution. If you don't, then right. New York shouldn't be enforcing uh, I, uh, yeah, illegal I, gun laws. I agree with that. Well, they shouldn't have these kind of gun control laws, I think. It should be easier to buy a gun. Let's see... Godzilla 2K26 says, Tim is completely right tonight. Thank you. I had to read that one because the person who said that you kicked my butt. So I'm just going to read one that makes me sound a little, little Go good. For it. We'll, we'll be fair. We'll, we'll bounce. And uh, a lot of people saying an armed society is a polite society. Uh, Spidge Bandersnatch says, Tim, you're removing options for nonviolent solutions. Not every vandal or thief should be shot. We need, we need pros to protect rights. Make it an honorable profession again. I don't want people to get shot. However, I do believe that... For the most part, an armed society is a polite society. That if someone knows there's consequences to approaching you and threatening your life, they might not do it. I make the same argument for why keeping and bearing arms, Second Amendment, keeps us safe from government tyranny. Not because, as the left likes to argue, conservatives are going to go march in the streets and challenge tyrannical government, although some probably want to. It's because the police and the, the, the feds know that if they kick your door in, you have a legal right to defend yourself in your home. And just like Brianna Taylor's boyfriend who shot that cop in the leg, the charges were dropped. Mm-hmm. So the government knows we can't just kick doors in. You better get a warrant and do it right because the dude in there might be armed. Look what happens in these other countries. I mean, there's one video right now from the UK, I think. I think it's, maybe it's, it's from Ireland. They go into a guy's house and they tell him that they're going to be arresting him on like a medical charge and he can't do anything about it. So they're like, oh, yeah, we're withholding you because we're afraid you're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. They could theoretically do the same thing here. It's a scary story, though. There was a guy, an older guy. They were serving a red flag. That's uh, like those. Yeah, warrant. those red flag laws. Well, so the, the cops went to his house. The guy answered the door with his gun. They said, we're here to take your guns under red flag laws. And he says, you know, from my cold, dead hands. So they fought him. He got shot and killed. 
He got shot and killed. Yep. I thought it was he meant it. sort of crazy in uh, Columbus. I think it was Columbus, Ohio. Just maybe it was last week. There was um, they passed a law saying that police could not use less lethal force at protests, at nonviolent protests. And I thought, but can't they still use their guns? Like, what are you doing? So they can no longer use less lethal force. That's than correct. Supposed to? That's correct. So what are they supposed to do if the protest turns into a riot? Then what? Yep, it's crazy. And they're they're not even supposed to have it on them. Like, what is the deal? Well, you could buy uh, rubber buckshot. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's good for scaring away animals, I guess. If you've got, you know, I don't know. Depends on what everyone's got different opinions on when you should or shouldn't use them. I've right. been told by people never to use them because if you point a gun at somebody who's a threat to you, you don't want to give them a chance to be that threat to you. Right. Uh, but I really don't want to kill somebody. You know, like even in, like it's scary. You know, someone breaks into your house and they're armed for lethal force and they're going to end your life and you need to protect yourself. It's still probably naive to be like, but I really don't want that person to die. You know what I mean? But it's it's not naive to say that you don't want that person to die. I mean, you're saying that killing someone would have a negative effect on you as a person. On them. And it would have a negative yeah, effect on you, right? Like, so you kill somebody and that's not going to leave you that you killed somebody. That's going to stay with you. Do you want that on your conscience no matter what that person did? I mean, do you want to have to like... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it that way. Um, for me at least, I, if, if I was forced into, into a situation where I know I have to defend myself or mm-hmm. someone else, I accept that. Sure, you can accept it. But I think no matter what we do when we do something that, um, like, for example, when you commit, like, there's a, there's a couple of different kinds of commandments, right? In the Ten Commandments. So there's the kind where you sin against God, there's the kind where, you sin against others, and there's the kind where you sin against yourself, right? So why do you not covet your neighbor's wife? You don't covet your neighbor's wife because not because of the harm it does anyone else, the harm it does you. So when you commit a sin or when you do something that, you know, there's ways that you can harm yourself in doing that. So I can understand why even in a situation where you would be defending yourself, you would maybe say that you don't necessarily want to have to kill someone even if you can justify it later even if you can perfectly well understand that you were within your rights and that it was the only thing you could do you're still carrying that with you right i I understand that point for me it's mostly about the other person it's about this idea where you know when i was younger i just thought about the concept of the death penalty imagining someone in a position where their life is snuffed out and the experience they go through and what it means to end a, a unique individual no matter how bad that person might right. be is it's like i don't know how to i don't know how to describe it but it's an ex, ex, it's an exertion of power beyond what i think we should be doing. i totally agree i'm 100 percent opposed to capital punishment yeah so no matter no matter what the no matter what the wretched miserable crime i know it's tough isn't it yeah yeah so even if someone's breaking in and they want to hurt me i'm like they might be bad people, but I'm not bad people. That's what I'm saying. That's tough. That's but that, that's, but it is naive because a lot of people I talk to, defense experts say, well, then you'll die. Right. So I mean, I, I guess, it's yeah. interesting, too. Like the Quaker position, um, the Quaker position is nonviolence no matter what. Like never taking up arms against someone else, even to defend yourself. But then you could also say, like, uh, you know, in in that case – if no one life is better than any others, then why is the life of the person who's trying to kill me better than mine? That's interesting, too. It's a, you know, it's definitely right. worth philosophical examination. Gold818 says, sorry, Tim, but I think she got you on this argument. Sure, an individual may be able to protect themselves against another individual, 
but good luck when a gang comes in and invades your property. Watch The Walking Dead. All right. Well, my, my opinion is that an armed society is a polite society, and I think you need neighborhood watch. You know, I was reading about the formation of police departments. It was interesting because the left likes to claim that they were formed from slave patrols. That's actually not it's true. actually not true. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, there are some, some police departments did, but mostly not. It was just the concept of local policing that was being implemented in certain countries. And then it was eventually brought over here for a variety of reasons. And the interesting thing is that before police, we had local militias. Mm-hmm. Just had community watch. People were responsible for themselves. And then they brought in policing. I think we face a very serious problem as a civilization, especially one with classically liberal roots due to the population, due to population density. The, the more I talked to you, I, I mentioned this before and Ian got a kick out of this because you're into physics. The more people are, the further you are away, your bubble of rights is massive. You live in the middle of nowhere. You can go outside. You can, you know, if you literally live in the middle of nowhere, you can be pretty irresponsible with, you know, dangerous stuff. There's no one around, right? You can have guns. a gender reveal party in the middle of nowhere. Right. Hope, well, I mean, just as long as you're not near the forest because you're right. not right down. Um, but then as you get to the, you get from, from absolute rural where you have like 200 acres of your own property, there's no one in anywhere and you're in between the saddle of two mountains and you can fire into the backstop. Like you can do whatever you want for the most part. You're not going to hurt anybody. You still got to be careful about, you know, causing damage to the environment for sure. Then you get closer to the suburbs and your sphere of rights starts going down because mm-hmm. now you have people not too far away. Uh, now you can't use guns because even if you have backstop, it's probably going to be noisy. You've got to be careful about what time you're doing certain things. Then you move into the cities and your rights become this microscopic bubble because now everyone's competing with each other over your rights. Now, to clarify, everybody's rights are immutable, inalienable. But the problem is civil disputes erupt. So what happens is I don't want you to have a gun because we are, are, you know, we're all sitting right next to each other and someone could be irresponsible and the bullet could end up hurting a bunch of people. And my argument is the Constitution doesn't say population density affects your right to keep and bear arms. But people in cities don't care and they vote for things because they're in conflict with each other. So I view it kind of like the states of matter. When, when you condense everyone into a cubicle brick and they're all stacked on top of each other, it becomes like a solid matter where you can't, you're not really free to move all that much. You move out into the suburbs, it's more liquid, and you can move around. You still have some ability to do things that are kind of out of the ordinary. And then you have the gaseous state, which is in the middle of nowhere, where you can basically do whatever you want, and you're free to bounce around and go crazy. Yeah. And then we'll have plasma state. Where what people are in then? outer space drifting. Teleportation. <laughs> right. Plasma state. Yeah. That thing where you're looking in the person's eyes. On the and Oxytocin is yeah. released. Right. All right. Christian Schultz says, legalize mutual unarmed combat. All right. All right. We'll just read one more <laughs> right here. Uh, it, it, it just says dash loving this bombshell pro America political discourse. The disagreement on this footage are consistently incredibly based. Libby, are you radical left? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, okay. My friends, if you haven't already smashed the like button, head over to timcast.com and become a member because we will have an exclusive members only segment coming up at uh, about 11 o'clock. And don't forget to follow us, facebook.com slash timcastirl, if you're not already. Subscribe to this channel, and we're also on Instagram, because on Facebook, you can help share the videos. We put up clips every day and help spread the word. We're going to be doing more and more over at timcast.com. It's going to be really, really awesome. So become a member. Exclusive segment coming up soon. You can follow me at Timcast Everywhere, and my other YouTube channels are youtube.com slash timcast and youtube.com slash timcastnews. Do you have anything you want to shout out, Libby? Uh, yeah, shout out the postmillennial. We're at thepostmillennial.com. Ryan, I'm Ian Crossan at iancrossan.net. 
and at Ian Crossan across social media. Thanks. And I am Sarah Patchlids on Twitter if you guys want to follow me there. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.